everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of The Week in Hand. On this episode of The Week in Hand, I'm joined by an absolute leviathan of the tattoo world and more precisely of the biomech world, Mr. Marcus Lenhard. I have admired this human's work for so long and it was such a great honor to get to sit down and talk to him for a few hours about tons of different things in regards to life, his process within work. He has such a great way of talking and breaking down and articulating things about his his process and just his general outlook on life and things. Um, I think you're going to absolutely love this. I did. Um, I enjoyed doing it. So, yeah... I've I've known Marcus for a, for a long time, so I tried interviewing him from a, a point where he would answer questions that I think you guys would want to hear. Um, so yeah, check it out, guys. He's an um, absolute legend. If you've never heard of him before and you're just listening to this, you're in for a treat as well because, like I say, he talks about loads of different aspects of life and how to to look at it positively, the trials and tribulations of life. And if you do know Marcus Lenhardt is, then you're in for a treat because I would have loved to have come across a podcast like this with this much information in. So without further ado, here it is. Okay, man. So how are you doing, man? You feel good? Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. You're sat there in the studio. Is that where you're working from now? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the workplace right here. Like that's that's, like, that's where I work. Right? It's like a mad it's scientist like, laboratory right there. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best place I've been working out of so far. I've been so lucky with finding this place. You know. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's been it's been a godsend. Like with all the with all the shit that's been happening the last couple of years. You know. Yeah. But uh, you know, moving to this place has been has been a real treat. I got lots of natural sunlight in here. I used to work in a basement, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was just like this this tiny little window in there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a casino. People couldn't tell the, <laughs> couldn't tell time. And um, uh, I, I kind of made that a thing too, you know, that people can't tell time at all. Yeah. But but here you have like all that natural sunlight. It's just so much nicer. Yeah. I was going to say like, uh, it's weird. Like I like that how you say that because uh, people can't tell time because you, you uh, the people that if the people that don't know anybody that comes to you for a, a session, it's definitely it's generally like a multi-day session. So you're going through a lot of uh, agony and, and torment in a certain, or inner turmoil. So when you're in a situation where you don't know the time, it's kind of sometimes a lot better. So it's like I, I would see that as. Uh, a good thing but I also think a good thing that you've got right there is natural light when I work for my studio I feel like that because I've got two sides of my studio that are uh, uh, natural that like in natural light it seems yeah. to nobody seems to get overwhelmed when I used to work in a studio that was shut off a lot of people seem to build up their anxiety and then they will pass out you know I never really have many people pass out now no no. Uh, there, there's oh man there's so much psychology involved mm. in this job if you really let it get down to that you know um especially like as you as you get to a point where you want to get your sessions to become longer and longer so you can actually get like a lot of work done yeah you know which yeah. is kind of nice so um i just i just over the years i just gotten 
to a point where I can actually get a lot of hours out of my clients just because of the environment that I build around the whole yeah. the whole station. You know, so you can see the, the room is filled with all kinds of um, stuff to look at pretty much so it doesn't get boring. And um, there's a TV right up there that I can look at. And, you know, yeah. uh, I wear these a lot so I can play my own stuff. They can listen to music. They can watch TV or whatever. Uh, and after a while, I just don these. And, um, like, as soon as I see that they've been settling in, you know, I can I can put these up and then they're basically alone in the room and I'm not as approachable anymore. And then it's actually really good for them. You know? Yeah, and, yeah I um, definitely think so. Because it isolates them a little bit. And if they didn't bring an entourage, which I usually discourage, uh, they're just alone with their with their discomfort, let's yeah. say. Yeah. You know, and then uh, it makes it a little bit easier for them to... Uh, to just find that that kind of groove that they need by by themselves instead of like relying on me like talking them through it or something yeah which i, I do throughout the first hour i usually do that sure. but if they need to but if i feel like oh they found their groove then i can put these on and listen to whatever i want yeah for sure like i i i have to agree with you just personally myself going through um uh, long sessions, um, not with me doing long sessions, but with me taking long sessions. So I don't even know if you could attest to this. Uh, it helps to not fucking talk to someone. I, I generally find that I can deal with uh, an eight-hour session or a six-hour session or anything yeah. over four hours uh, just by not talking to people and dealing with every single needle strike, every single time they're, they're on a on a on a sensitive spot. I don't want to talk to someone. I, I and sometimes I don't even want to watch something or I don't even want to look at something that takes up brain power. I want that brain power mm -hmm. to be focused on not running away from the person that's tattooing me. So I definitely understand that, man. It's good. Yeah, there's something about it, right? I mean, the, the, the main thing that I'm always trying to achieve is get them to a point because because i do have a lot of empathy for my clients of course right of course and yeah it's, uh, like for, for me it's not even something that i can get away from very easily because i do want them to be comfortable and only if they are comfortable i can be comfortable if they are nervous i'm going to be nervous yeah right yeah. so if i can get them as comfortable as i can get them then i can also be really comfortable and just concentrate on tattooing and get into that flow and uh, let good stuff happen if i'm yeah. constantly distracted then i don't know if it's going to show in the tattoo but usually the sessions are just going to be shorter because i just lose the patience with myself or with a piece or uh, i need more breaks or whatever it is it's just harder to concentrate when when i when i have a lot of other stuff to 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 take into account like somebody's discomfort and you'll always have people that are a little bit more uh, moving about you know? yeah yeah for sure for sure not only that you, you know the, the you've got to remember as well as you will have remembered as well with the, with the sessions that you've been on yourself you know oh, yeah. it's a it, it's a big deal man someone's coming to you they're coming to collect a tattoo from uh from you uh, it's a big deal for them because you know your work is they, 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 it's sought after they, they want it so it's a bigger and not only that nine times out of ten they're traveling to you for your work uh, and they're bringing their money with them so they they, they, they there's already so much on their shoulders mm -hmm. that they've got to deal with first 
before mm-hmm. they actually sit there and be like, right, and now I'm going to take all this pain. So yeah, I think you, you, you've, you, when I, when I have listened to the things that you've talked about in the past, you've helped me deal with my customers better, you know, certain things about keep, keep keeping your washout bottle, uh, your, your washdown liquid, just a little bit warm and not too cold, you know, cause it's too abrasive to the skin. You don't want to be constantly shocking your customers. You don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's a good thing, man. I, 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 I've definitely picked up a lot from you from that way. And I think you will have learned a lot just from yourself having to go through massive sessions with people. Cause you, yeah. you know, cause like you say, you know, like talk people through your progress uh, process. Like it's the, I, I went from when a person gets off the plane and comes to you, if they have traveled to you, they'll come to you first. You're not tattooing on the first day, are you? No, mostly not. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot from getting tattooed by a guy and actually having to travel a long way to get my, tattoo as well you know and going through these super long sessions going through a multi-day session um i learned a lot like just going through that process myself you yeah. know how how i would be comfortable you know and what made me uncomfortable or what got me through a session um all that kind of stuff has made a big impact you know when i got tattooed by guy i uh I really felt like, oh wow, this is this is how it can be done. You know, it's a yeah. very different environment than than I've ever seen before. So that's something that I wanted to recreate. And then over the years, I I I added on to that a little bit, like the like the warm wash liquid, you know, mm. the, the the warm soapy liquid. And a lot of that stuff has come together by me getting tattooed in my own studio. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like when when I have friends coming around and we tattoo each other here, and I get tattooed by by them, and then I really feel like oh this could be over there, this should be where I can't really see the TV as well as I could. Like I have to kind of crane my neck, so I have to move that, or um, just little things, you know, this could be more perfect, uh, uh, or like whoa that water is really cold. That kind of really gets me out of my groove every time he takes a new piece of paper towel yeah and then the, the the cold liquid hits my like i got tattooed uh on my front yeah and you get, you're very sensitive on for for cold you know like right on your chest and your stomach and i was always like Ugh! and like as soon as you just you know you you contract all these muscles it just really brings you out of it and i was like man if that would be warm that would be really nice so i changed that just little things here and there you know yeah, I think it's like amalgamation, uh, an amalgamation of shocks, isn't it? So your body seems to have like a, a Tekken health bar that you kind of beat down every single <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I think, I think uh, you have like a day's percentage where you, if you've eaten enough food and you've got enough energy that you can deal with uh, pain and agony. But the more shock that comes into it, it seems to knock them down quite a lot. And I think mm. cold cold water because cold water immersion and therapy is shocking. So like when you, if, if you're trying to focus on the pain and, and the rawness of the agony of it, and then boom, somebody shocks you with water, and, but they constantly do it. You know, mm. I've been tattooed by many people who, you know, they just, the liberal wipers, the liberal wipe, you know, they, they're constantly like, some of them will spray water onto you and then they'll wipe you down. It's like, oh gosh, you know, like it yeah. does take it out of you. So yeah, it's good though that you, you managed to pick up over a period of time. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? So I, I used to film myself quite a bit. I used to make time lapses of me working or, yes. or somebody else was filming me and then I see myself editing it and then I see how much I actually wipe and I wipe I, shitload i write a lot <laughs> while i work you know without really noticing it's just like 
<laughs> like I'm constantly wiping. And I was like, man, that's, that's rough, you know? And I've gotten tattooed by somebody who dry wiped me. Oh gosh. Quite a bit like never put anything on his, on his paper towel. And that was like the worst. That was the yeah. worst tattoo session. Like by the, like once you reach the halfway point, actually wiping is worse than the tattooing itself. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, if I can take that part away, so I started adding a little bit of oil to my to my washing liquid. Okay. So, so there there's a little bit more lubrication every time I wipe, and then also by by warming the water up. Yeah. It's like how do, how do you wash your dishes, right? With warm water. So you, yeah, it's a lot easier it, to clean. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. So you you have to wipe a lot less, and um, I just have way less mess. There's just I don't really see any downside to it. And then yeah. towards the end of the session, usually. As the water level goes lower and lower and lower in the in the bottle, the water gets hotter and hotter. <laughs> and then, so you know, by the end of the session, if I douse them with that really hot water, you know, that's 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 really shocking. Then on the the other end of the spectrum, but it's really good for the tattoo. It's good to though. get some hot water on the on the tattoo by the end of the session. Yeah, but I can always like it's it's a it's a little USB powered heat plate. Is all it is. I remember and, you showing you, you you put that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just there's there's a there's a button on the side of it where I can just push it, and it just turns it off. So I can kind of control if it's getting too hot or, or I just refill the bottle where at did some you, point. Where, yeah. where, Marcus, where the fuck did you find that? Where, where did you? I always thought when you when you put that up, I was like, where did you find that? And Amazon. 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 Really? Yeah, yeah. Wait, let me see. Oh, I, I should have one. That's absolutely insane. Because I remember when I saw it, I just thought to myself, "How has this, how has this tattoo wizard found something that slowly <laughs> warms his bottle of uh, of, of washing down liquid?" It's just a, a coffee mug warmer. <laughs> that, really? That can, yeah, and you just plug it into your. Here, there it is. Like I got one. I got oh, a wow. couple. I got a couple here because I tattoo a lot of tattooers, right? And they're yeah. all like, oh, where can I get one? It's like, well, I have one right here for you, sir. Uh, if you want. <laughs> right? That's, so, that's oh, awesome. This one actually plugs, plugs into, the, into a wall outlet. Right. And um, there's a little touch button here. Amazing. Um, so you can completely cover this up. And I usually put some paper towel on top of it. So there's a little bit of insulation because yeah. these do get very hot. Um, and it's recessed into my workstation. I cut out a hole recessed it so it's even of so, course you did of course you cut out a hole yeah of course you perfect. did <laughs> this is the thing you know it's like i have so much time because i i only do like one or two clients a week um which you get away with if you're working at home you know your overhead yeah. is pretty small you just pay your rent and that's it you don't have to pay rent for an extra studio so you can just get away with you know working with a lot of like w with very few clients as compared to like having to churn through two or three people every day. Yeah. Just and um, man, my work, like since I've been working like this and I've been working like this for mm, 12 years now. Yeah. Right. So okay. Before, before how long have you been actually, yeah. How long have you been actually, ta actually tattooing? 16 years now. I started in so, 2004. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, you started off in a studio then. Yeah, I started off in a in a piercing studio in in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Okay. And um, for a long time, I was the only tattooer there, so it was right. like me just basically self teaching myself just right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I've never been I've never been in a mentorship, so Incredible. I I I had to do it all myself. And um, 
bullshitting my way through the first couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, man. But did you find that as well that um, over a period of time, probably going to keep zipping back to your, your origins to a certain degree, but um, did you find that you picked up, because you say you're relatively self-taught, mm-hmm. most of, a lot of what you picked up will have been through um, you actually just doing it because a lot gets learned from practical, the practical practical side of doing something. Yeah. But did you find as well, like you said, when you went to go and get tattooed from Guy, I find myself, if I go and get tattooed from somebody, if it's a place where I can see what they're doing, but even if it's not, even if it's my back, I will look at their setup, I will look at how they're doing things, the way sure. they work. Is that how you picked up quite a few things? A lot, but there's also Reinventing the Tattoo, right? Guy's book. Yes. Um, and I picked that up really, really early on and um, use that as as a guide to, to learn how to tattoo. And there's just like, well, it's basically a, a scientific thesis on on tattooing almost yeah. that he wrote and he keeps writing and adding on to it even now he's still like on it and that that book has been out there for 20 years and it just keeps evolving and evolving you know and he keeps like he's doing real science basically yeah. and he's i mean you know he's uh, communicating with all of us you know he's not he's a very very open person so he's uh, um, collaborating on the project now with all of us there's like People like Kaya, for example, she is writing a chapter for it now, you yeah. know, on um, uh, and he's approaching a couple of different people to write a chapter uh, for reinventing that are going to be published online. So he put out this big, fat book. And um, and then once you once you log, once you buy the book, you get a login code or, or whatever, and then you can log into the online version, which is constantly edited and is constantly being added on to so. That's fucking the most valuable resource out there, I think. And um, I think by now, I mean, back in the day, everybody knew about it. But I think right now, I don't think a lot of people know that this exists anymore. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. And then I think it's, I think any tattoo artist, I was thinking this as soon as you said it. And I was trying to like, trying to think about this when you brought that up. Uh, Because I got it and I read it once and then I read it again um, and then lost it because it cost me like 200 pounds and I don't know where I misplaced it. But um, yeah, but if you're going to spend some money, I mean, fuck that. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, like the knowledge is, you can't put a price really on knowledge, but it's like he... That that was, I think, any tattoo artist, even if you're going to be a, a realism artist, if you're a traditional artist, I think you've got to, you can learn so much from every aspect of being a tattoo artist that that was, mm-hmm. I, it, it helped me so much because the the place where I was, uh, I started tattooing, um, he he taught me through quite a lot of the fundamentals of of of, of how how to actually. Uh, put ink into the skin and for it to heal properly, et cetera. And the procedure of, of sanitizing everything and things like that. But that, that, that book just, just broadened everything, opened everything to me in terms of like placement, how it's supposed to move groove. And then, yeah, I think anyone that's out there, it's listening to this that hasn't got that book and has just started being a tattoo artist, or even if you're years in and you're struggling with things, that book could open up everything. We're blessed I mean, I mean this as well. I think mm-hmm. we are blessed to have Guy Aitchison and his open oh, mind yeah. and his openness. And, and you know what? Honestly, nobody, and I mean nobody that I know, works as hard as and re- as relentlessly at education for for our 
for our industry as guiders. I don't know anybody. I know a lot of people who teach. I know a lot of people who work on seminars and I know a lot of very, very smart people that are in this business who have very unique ideas and, and, and have a very good way of communicating and, and teaching. But he has been doing this for so long and he has been so convinced that this is the way to go from like since 20 years already. And um, man, it's just, it's just really hard to top, you know, it's like for me, yeah. he's a little bit of like my tattoo dad, you know, <laughs> it's like the other, the other, uh, the other week I, I dug out a couple of old photos of mine and I posted them on my Instagram about from like a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, it was just old pieces of mine. Yeah. And, um, and I looked into the metadata on, on, on those photos just to see what, like what year are those from? And they were from 2006. That's like two years, two years into me tattooing. And two years into tattooing, he offered me to do a collaboration with him. Wow. And I was like, what? No, I, and that was before we met each other in person. It was before I went out there and actually got tattooed by him. Wow. Um, so we did a collaboration over email, <laughs> just send, sending a drawing back and forth. And he was like, so, yeah, if you're, if you're ready, you can, uh, you can tattoo this on somebody if you think wow. it's good enough. You know? And then I, I was like, uh, okay. And then I did because, of course, well, you know, what yeah. am I gonna do? it's like I was pretty intimidated back then. But then I looked at it the other day and I was like, that's actually not absolutely terrible. No, I Even think obviously like the design is pretty solid because he's been working on it with me. It's like my Biomax sucked back then, you know, but he really... Like just with that one collaboration, I learned so much. And I don't know if you remember yeah. like your your beginnings, like yeah. every piece, like once you have like one of those pieces that are these huge milestones, you can really remember like how much did you learn from that one single piece and um how how important it is to to knock that one piece out of the park, you know? Yeah. And how exciting that is to to share that with the world and to show everybody and then everybody goes like oh and back then it wasn't even social media. I think MySpace was just around and I just picked up on MySpace. I didn't even have a there was there were no smartphones yet. There was right, not yeah. really an easy way to take a photo of everything that you're doing. Um and uh, uh it was just I was just sharing it around on forums. Wow. You know, I was like, look what I've been, look, look what I've been up to. And, um, you know, just, just because of him, I've gotten so much traction, you know, because yes. he, oh my God, like every time somebody from Germany or from the Netherlands or even from Europe approached him, he was like, well, you can come out here, but you can also check out this one guy that's over there. Like this, this Marcus guy. See, that's beautiful, like, isn't it? Amazing. It's what a guy. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 that's the thing about it. He's, and like you said as well, he is still, it's not just his teaching, man. I, I, that guy is consistently getting better, and that's impossible. It almost seems now impossible to say that. But for me, whenever I see his work and uh, anything new that he comes out with, he's always pushing boundaries, he's always moving forward, he's, he's never sitting back and thinking, oh, well, you know. I'm okay. I've got my money. I live in a nice place. No, 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 no. That guy's pushing forward constantly. He's always trying to revolutionize yeah. his own style. He's always trying to uh, push people to revolutionize their style, offering critique, offering this, you know, and yeah. uh, like you say, publishing new chapters. Looking well, it's, at a, 
it's a give and take kind of kind, yeah. of, kind of system that that he can because he's he's like for for where he's at in his career and what he has been achieving he's one of the most humble person that yeah. i know you know so he is not he is not like afraid to to give and take from people that are just starting out to tattoo. You know, he really believes very strongly that everybody has something that he might not have yet, you know, because you don't know. It's like, there's so much that goes into your art that has nothing to do with art. You know, yeah. it's like your whole history, like what you've, like, if you've been on a titty or if you've been on, <laughs> on, on a bottle, you know, it's like, it depends. Like there's so many, there's so many things uh, uh, that, that, that feed into like who you are as an artist and it like so many people are so dismissive about um um people that have just been tattooing for two years maybe and it's like what <laughs> what does he know or what does she know yeah so yeah should we um I, I i bet you know when there's if there's people listening that have never heard of him should we just say his whole name and where to find them maybe for yeah a second? man anybody <laughs> any, anybody that doesn't know you 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 are sleeping uh, but it's guy Aitchison. he works at hyperspace studios in america where precisely in america is it is it is it it's in, it's in southern illinois it's yeah. in the middle middle of nowhere but his website is hyperspacestudios.com or yeah. tattooeducation.com yeah so, so anybody that's where all of that stuff can be found and go and check him out because I swear to God, you'll be looking at his back catalogue and marvelling from pieces that he's done, oh, God, over a decade ago. Like the back piece he did on Carlson Hill and all that kind of stuff, you know, like oh, yeah, you, unbelievable stuff. So anyway, anyway, apart from that, the stuff I wanted to talk to you about as well at the start, like I wanted to move back to your origin, origins in a certain sense for people that don't really know you and questions that I wanted to ask you because I've known you for a while is what were you like as a child, man? Like, um, were you, uh, were you, when did you show signs of wanting to be an artist or did that not happen? Or what were you into as a child? I, you know what? I'm such a scatterbrained all over the place guy. Honestly, I've, um, I've always liked drawing, you know, yeah. because I've always been pretty alone because I'm not, not a lot of people liked me when I was a kid, and I know exactly why that is because <laughs> I, I, you know, I was a know-it-all like big mouth asshole who, you know, was also like had his feelings hurt really easily and um, was very easy to bully and then like kind of like whined a lot when he was getting bullied. So I was just not a kid that other kids wanted to hang out with a lot. So I spent a lot of time by myself, and. Um, uh, uh, and I drew, I, you know, I, I, I just traced out of com comic books, for yeah. example, did a lot of that um, and, and learned how to crosshatch, you know, like Spider-Man comics. They all looked like shit. All my Spider-Man comics looked like, <laughs> looked like shit because I was tracing, <laughs> you know, and um, so I did a lot of that. And um, I think tattooing came to me very early on in my life when like one of my cousins came home with a with a tattoo when he was 15 i was 12 yeah he came, he came home with a tattoo of uh and this is all in germany which is pretty funny so he came home with an uh with a bald eagle head um oh, wow. with an american flag behind it <laughs> was that was just about like freedom or, or something like that which is hilarious but back then i was just absolutely fascinated by it and i was like the, he went to one of those biker shops and 
sanctioned by his mother um, to get his tattoo done. And he actually put a lot of white in it and it was a full color tattoo and it looked really incredible. I, I, I mean, my, from my memory now, I was super blown away by it and I watched it heal over, over the weeks. And then I, I just wanted to touch it constantly. You know, it's like, I was so fascinated yeah. by like, this is skin now. This is not, this, that's not different. It healed really well. It was a very <laughs> well done tattoo back then. So I was like, wow, that is a uh, fascinating. And I, I couldn't, I, yeah. could, I just couldn't leave it alone. And um, and my parents were always like, "Oh, this kid needs to do something with something with design or something with art." And and my parents didn't know better and to suggest something that would be like the proper way to go. It's like this is something that you can study or go through an apprenticeship for. So okay. you should probably be in advertising or something like that. No. <laughs> and I was just like, I guess. But here's what I did. Um, when I was 12 or 13, it's like I was fucking around a little bit with, uh, my dad was a technical, um, drawer for okay. Brown, for, for, for Brown. They, um, they used to make, uh, um, electric shavers. Okay. And he would do like the, um, the drawings for that. He would do like the technical drawings for, for those wow. things. So, like what you do in AutoCAD today, basically yeah. he was doing by hand back then. And we, in, at the house, we had all these little, all these little pen things for, for ink. And they came in all kinds of different thicknesses. And there's one that was just like really, really thin, but um, the ink would dry in the, in the tube. Yeah. So there was a little thread, like a little, like an E string from a guitar or something like that, like a little wire that you can, had a little button, you push through it and it just comes out of the tube. So you can clean uh, the coagulated ink out of yeah, it. Yeah. Out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you basically had you had like a pen with a button where you can push it, and it will push a little needle out of it. It looks exactly like a like a mechanical a ta tattoo machine. Yeah, it's yeah. Exactly what it is. Needle was just poking out of it like exactly the same length that we're working with most of the times. So I just held it up to my hand, and I was just <laughs> poke, and I was like, ah, that hurt. <laughs> and I was just wiping, and it was like, oh no, shit. It's in there. <laughs> it's in there. Still, still right here. And, um, I don't know if you can see that. I try well, to I, see it. Well, I I did that when I was when I was twelve. What? I did that. You did that it's, when you were twelve. I did that when I was twelve. Oh and my god! It's a, it's um, it's a pitchfork because I was listening to Slayer back then a lot. Oh, you fucking metal! That's amazing. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, so dumb. Right? That's so funny. Parents were super stoked when they when they figured out that he's had that thing for weeks now. It's like, what? What, show me that. What did you do there? It's like nothing. <laughs> and then um, I was always like such a nerd in school, you know. And um, when I was thirteen, I uh, everything went to shit because I had this, and then kids were actually seeing that. It's like, you know, like show me that. And then, like uh, one of my one of my bullies um, put a cigarette out on it. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't go away from it. And he was like, "Have you tattooed yourself?" I was like, "Fuck you, you asked maybe or whatever." <laughs> like, I hated that guy, right? Of course, he's putting cigarettes out on me. And um, and then he he made a real effort to become my friend, and he actually told me this. This thing's like, you know why, you know why it's really fun to bully you? And then he told me why it's really fun to bully me. What? And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good story. So he 
he was like, every time it's so much fun to bully you, Marcus, because you always go like, eh, don't stop it, me. And he's like, it's just so much fun because you're such a piece of shit, <sighs> basically. You know, you're such a weak piece of shit. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, you, you go home and you contemplate that a little bit. And I was like, what if I try to just suck it up a little bit? Like, how, what, how else could I react to that kind of, like, pestering you know yeah so i yeah. started figuring that out and he would leave me alone and he would start coaching me through it a little bit wow you know because he thought it was pretty cool that i tattooed myself and um and then he wanted me to tattoo him huh? which i did yeah naturally yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought, brought my whole little kid to <laughs> to school and um so this is your first tattoo. Just for everyone my first listening, tattoo. this yeah, is exactly, Marcus's yeah. first like, tattoo. I tattooed my 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 worst bully, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I t- I tattooed him, and um, and he was crying throughout the whole process, <laughs> pretty much. And so the tables were turned. That was an amazing feeling. <laughs> so I think that's where it really just clicked. And then I started smoking and I I grew my hair out and started to wear like all that, all that heavy metal gear and everything. And then I was kind of like sanctioned cool guy in the school and everything. But I mean, tattooing started me becoming somebody who actually has friends tattooing or like, or like not only friends, but people who thought I was cool or I had something that they wanted. Would you think it made you more confident, though? Do you think in that sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden I was somebody. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden I had something to contribute to the group of people that the girls were looking at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure, right? So um, didn't get me a girlfriend, though. That took a long time. Cause, <laughs> right? So... and uh, so so about that i think that's where tattooing just got really wedged deeply into my head as my as the key to to my success and yeah and where the where the way of life that was given to you from society is like you do your school and you do well in school and then you do an apprenticeship and then you do you go through mastery like that's how you do it in germany and then and then you you know you build your house you have your family and then you just make sure nothing interesting happens in your life until you die yes and, <laughs> right yeah. and i and uh, and that's what most people do obviously and for me it's like once that happened all that shit went out of the window because that never that never gave me anything that made me feel so alive and and good at what i'm doing and and wanted, you know, it, it never made me feel wanted, you know, being good in school, being good at what you're supposed to be good at never gets you anything that you want. Yeah. It just gets your parents what they want. It gives you safety, it gives you security, but it doesn't really give you any status. It doesn't give you any, and that's all I wanted back then, status. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not a tall guy. I'm not a really strong guy. So, you know, people like me, like how do you get status other than you know being really good at something and if you're just being good at what you're supposed to be good at if you're just doing what you're expected to do that's not really something that is going to stand out so i had to do something kind of naughty and so that's why school went to shit of course yeah um i i still think that 
I I didn't start tattooing um, until I was 24 because I didn't really believe that it's really real. You know, I always like kind of dabbled a little bit here and there and I got tattooed myself, of course, but I wasn't confident enough to to just like throw everything away and just go for it. And I was afraid of bikers. I know I was afraid of that whole environment. Um, it just wasn't really for me until I was so fed up with trying to find a job because I, I, um, because of all of that, I got kicked out of school at some point. Okay. Um, because I was just not interested in school anymore because I knew that this, the usual way of life is just not for me. So why would I fucking waste my time with, uh, with school? So I got kicked out of school when I was 17 and then I moved to the city right away and started working. Um, and I just, just like, yeah, yeah just, just doing construction jobs. work. Yeah. Like construction yeah. work or in an office, like whatever, whatever I could sell myself yeah. for. And I was like, I did a lot of retail stuff because I like talking to people and uh, I like, I like selling things. It's apparently that's something I'm good at. And <laughs> so I, I did a lot of that, but um I always got fired because I got bored because there was always that glass ceiling because I didn't have, I didn't have any credentials. Yeah. Um, and then at some point when I was 24, I was just so fucking fed up with it. And I met my, um, I met my future wife back then, mother of my child who, uh, who actually enabled me to, to pick up tattooing. Because she was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give you the money. I'm just going to pay your rent for you so you can actually go and follow your dream. And um, That's really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And uh, so I was just like, I guess I'm going to do that, you know? Um, And then, because I I did feel quite indebted to her for that, I very quickly moved to the Netherlands where she was from. uh, to go live with her. And then I just carved out that whole thing over there. So that's basically. Yeah. So, so, so when you got over there, then like, uh, you've taken us to the point where you're, you're in, uh, in Holland and you get to the point where you're like, is there anybody out there who specifically helped you, uh, in your tattoo career? You know, you obviously, did you work in the piercing shop in, in, in Holland and then you found somebody or what was the deal? Did you ever have, a specific mentor or any friends that were in the industry over there? Mm, yeah, I had a couple of friends who were in the industry who I could always ask questions. I was never shy to just walk up to people and look over their shoulder and just ask very politely. And yeah. I tried to be very humble, because, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, when I, I was really arrogant back then. I was, I was also, I was so fucking stoked to finally have my foot in the door with tattooing and to finally just be able to do that. But I was definitely very arrogant I, I definitely felt like oh i can do this so much better than anybody else and i was like you and you're black i don't need this fucking stuff and blah blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know i always try to to do better and to to raise the bar or whatever like right from the get-go which is a really arrogant thing to do and uh i mean humbled myself along the way a couple of times you know and uh, had a couple of burnouts because i was going too hard and I became a father two years into my career too, which was a little bit of a distraction back then. And, uh, uh, um, and you know, my marriage wasn't that great either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of it was based on me feeling like I have to go to the Netherlands because she kind of enabled 
this whole tattooing thing. So I kind of have to, I have to be with her. Right. Right. And okay. Yeah. I found out pretty quickly that I isn't really the best thing for me, but we had a kid together by that time, you know, and it just all got really complicated and we, we broke up, we got back together, we moved to Germany, you know, and we tried everything. We tried everything to save the relationship, but we couldn't. Yeah. Um, and then by the time my daughter was 12, uh, we broke up and that's when I started moving out here and actually started like this studio, which has been the best so far. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. that's, that's when I, life has gotten really interesting. Yeah. Actually. I remember, I remember finding out about your work. You must've been working in Holland. I remember cause you, the, the address of your studio was super Dutch. Um, and I remember tracking you down and being like, this is where he is. Because I remember seeing the winged sleeve and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and that's and that I must have come across your work at that point. I don't know how, obviously, it was so many years ago. But, yeah, it's it, it's weird how fast time goes from that point and how prolific you've actually been and, and stayed on course and carry on doing the same genre as well. It's, it's wicked. But, um, like... F- what I always wondered as well is at what point, because I don't know if anybody knows this, but like your work is, um, super, you, you, a lot of your work is digital. You do use other mediums and stuff like that, but um, a lot of your work is digital. When was the first time you, because obviously you've drawn beforehand and you've, uh, you, yeah. you might, I don't know if you've painted, because painting is quite a, a niche thing, isn't it? Like, a, like with oils or acrylics beforehand. Yes, but- there's not enough pressure for me to, to do anything where there's not a client around. I find it really, yeah. really hard to, to do something just in my room by myself. Uh, I got into a point where I just invite my clients in with me so so I can actually design. There's something, and I don't know what it is. I procrastinate, man. Pressure, man. I think pressure's good. I think pressure, it, yeah. creates, it creates diamonds. And I think that's what works with you. You know, I think you talked about that. I think you once said mm-hmm. in an interview many years ago that there was something about, and I think even, um, and this has just came out of my mind, even Richard Beston, you know, Bez from the UK, yeah, yeah. he said that sometimes he will let uh, the client come into the studio and then the pressure is on because that day they expect to leave with something, but they haven't really decided what we're doing yet. And yeah. that can that you can sometimes prepare, but then sometimes just getting someone to your studio, to your house, talking about what they want, trying to figure it all, uh, all out and knowing that that person has got to leave in a few days with something that they're fucking happy with and you're equally as happy with and that you mm-hmm. can put your name to and send back out into the uh, big wide world. So I think that you said that pressure is a big thing that helps you, I think. I think what I said back then, and I would still say so, that my mind is so easily distracted, <laughs> you know, that I need like a whole scaffolding around this fucking tower of jello to just like <laughs> keep me going from the beginning to the end. Like, and, and I need all that pressure from all sides to just, to just keep me seeing it through. And as soon as I have something committed on skin, I'm there. You know, okay. it's like, as soon as like my tattooing is really my favorite medium. It's the medium that I'm also probably the best in Yeah. from, from all the media that I can work in. I'm pretty sufficiently good in, at Photoshop. I'm pretty good with Photoshop. I've been doing Photoshop for 20 years, but um, acrylics, oils, anything else is just, it's just, for me, it's just a means to an end and the end is always okay. tattooing. Like, you know what? Really lately, 
like just a couple of uh, just a couple of months ago, some I, I realized something because I have this arm is pretty much empty. Yes, right? yeah. And I realized that I always because I do a lot of sleeves and I draw every sleeve in a way that I would be very happy. Like I'm, always, like, like I'm drawing it for myself. I'm okay. drawing every sleeve that I draw, I draw for myself. Yeah. And um, to a point where I'm almost afraid to get my sleeve done now. I can imagine. Yeah. You know, because then that goes away. And it's like, what if I don't give a shit anymore after that? Not that I would. I don't think I would. But, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. There's like, there's always that little spark in the in the back of my head when I'm drawing on people's like, shit, I, I wish that would be on me, you know, that, that, that kind of thing that, yeah, I know what like you're that, saying. that's kind of what I'm trying to, to get to every time. Yeah. And, um, and I feel, I feel like if I would cover my arm or I have my arm covered by somebody, um, I don't know if I could keep that little spark or if I would have to replace that by something else. Or if, if it, it, if once I do that, it all goes downhill from there or something, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But at this, at this point, I'm almost afraid to get my, to get my second sleeve done. You know what I mean? In so, case, in case, like, I know what you're trying to say there. If you get your sleeve done and it's done, then you're not going to have that, the idea in your mind that like, uh, this could be on me. Well, no, I can't now actually, because my sleeve's done and I've got both of them done and I don't, oh, yeah, I've lost yeah. my power. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's that that just kind of dawned on me uh, like a couple of months ago. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I never think about getting the sleeve covered because I'm constantly, I'm constantly coming up with sleeves, you know. And I, st- I guess you know, as long as I still come up with stuff that I would like to wear myself. Okay. Yeah, which I don't know if that's is that a weird thing to say? I don't I like think so. Them? I don't no? think so. I I, I I understand. Yeah, because I do like my own stuff, obviously, but it's kind of like I can kind of feel like. A little bit weird of saying that for, for saying that a lot no no, no 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 yeah. um, uh, <laughs> so uh so yeah i feel like maybe that maybe that goes away you know it's like maybe if maybe if i stop making stuff that i would wear myself maybe then it's time to get my sleeve done <laughs> so i guess people if as soon as you see me with a sleeve you probably don't want to get tattooed by me anymore. <laughs> he's lost his, he got his haircut. He's lost his exactly, powers. Yeah. He lost all my Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so also as well, dude, uh, at the very start of your career or, um, yeah, no, I'd say start of your tattoo career as you would, uh, as you just uh, said there, that the tattooing is your primary medium and you would consider yourself that being your, your favorite medium to work with. Yeah. Well, who was, um, who was your, early influence we're not talking about people you've seen now and you're like dude these people are killing it recently they they inspire me uh who who is it who is inspiring who inspired you back in the day for people that don't know for tattooing specifically or before i started tattooing oh gosh you see i tried breaking it down then but you've just pulled it back um (laughs) maybe maybe both man uh you know, like just before, uh, and then, and then for your tattooing, you know, like in regards to when you first started tattooing, who were the people that stuck out to you? I think what really made something click two people that made it click for me very early on. Uh, one is, um, Todd McFarlane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Comic yeah. book, uh, author, comic book. Uh, yeah. Uh, artist who I think like when does, 
uh, when the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man series came out, like when he started to do Spider-Man, Spider-Man became something completely different. All of a sudden, it was not really for children anymore. All of a yeah. sudden, it was for teens. All of a sudden, there was death. Yeah. It was venom. There was carnage. There was, like, people were dying in a yeah. horrific way. <laughs> you know, and that was just not the case before. And, um, and, and like, the, the way that he was drawing was just so stylized and so cool and so dynamic. Like, all of a sudden, the webbing would just be, like, all over the place, and it would be super dynamic and organic looking, and everything looked very alive. And I was just like, man, fuck, that looks so cool. Like, he made yeah. Spider-Man look completely different. Everything was looking really, really cool all of a sudden. I don't know. I think I have... going to say, do you have anything of his? Yeah. Yeah, Kenyon, Kenyon Webb gave me that first edition Spider-Man comic from Todd McFarlane. And I, I have it somewhere here. I look at it all the time. It's fucking cool. Anyways, so they have Todd McFarlane definitely had a huge impact on me early on. And then um, when I was a kid, I when I was way too young for it, I accidentally watched the Alien movie. Right, okay. Alien. And um, it was like my grandfather had like this huge collection of VHS and um, video 2000 and video 2000 is somebody, nobody, nobody knows that anymore, but video 2000 is older than VHS and video 2000, you had cassettes that you could turn around. They had two okay. sides, just like a normal audio cassette. They were like this big yeah, and you could t turn them around. And sometimes when the, the, um, the tape, uh, would kind of like not spool off like consistently you could see what's on the other side of the of the tape like on just just on the upper part of the of the tv you know you could see it kind of like wander right and, okay yeah 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 yeah. and i just like i was watching bambi or something or dumbo <laughs> or, or something you know i was like I something think I was innocent yeah, something yeah, yeah. innocent something fairly innocent i was nine and um and then all of a sudden i just saw something really dark and, and just weird and flashing lights and kind of stuff. And I was just like, I'm going to turn this tape around and see what's on the other side. And on the <laughs> other side of the tape was alien. Oh Not only, only, only a part of it, only the, um, only the ending. Um, and I was just sitting there and I was just so fascinated. Yeah. I was just like, that's, I've never seen anything like it. It was like, just fascinated me and then years later i saw the whole movie because i could i i recognized shigani weaver in the in the in a, in a tv paper now back in the day we had a tv paper basically yeah, yeah. all the all the show times yeah all the, all the listings yeah yeah all the mean. listings exactly and there was like a little picture of alien <laughs> 1979 shigani yeah. weaver and i recognized her and i was like that's it that's that's the thing that's the thing you know and i was like <laughs> I don't know, maybe five years later or something. That, that, that is the thing. And then I, uh, I uh, sneaked down in the middle of the night when they did the reruns and I taped it. Oh, wow. So I could, so I could watch it and then I could watch <laughs> Alien. And um, so that, that thing, Giga, has been huge. That has really impacted me because that's the, like, like between Todd McFarlane and, and Giga's Alien, that's basically for me. That's where biomech just kind of like happened. Yeah, that's um, like a that's like a pre. That there you can you're laying the groundwork really for your like that's pre tattoo influences there, aren't they? You know, like before you even considered becoming uh, pursuing biomech as a career as, or as a tattoo artist, uh, 
the, the, the groundwork's there, isn't it? Psychologically, yeah. there, it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And then later when I started tattooing, like after I started tattooing, I uh, I very quickly found Guy Aitchison and Aaron Kane, which is pretty funny because that's almost kind of like the same mix. Like yeah. Todd McFarlane and Giga is like one guy is very, very organic, yet still super, super graphic. And the other guy is very dark, very painterly, very, very organic, like all about textures. Textures, and, yeah. Uh, textures and it's just like going into like the micron of a painting and, and all that kind of stuff, which is what Guy is doing. Yeah, so, for sure. And then I had Aaron Kane and Guy, who are like these two, like Alpha and Omega forces yeah. within Biomech. And I was just absolutely blown away. I was like, oh, this is allowed? You can do <laughs> this on people? Like that's that's possible? That's the range of possibility. You can do that kind of shit. I was like, fuck, I, that's what I want to do. Oh, wow. Right? That's incredible. So, yeah. No way. That's, that's that's what I wanted to do, and I knew. Then all of a sudden, I knew like, oh, you can just draw a biomech. You don't have to draw a thing. You can just draw whatever. And then I just stopped drawing things completely. Yeah. So I can draw it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you yes. fuck off. Of course you no. can. No. <laughs> I think I talked about this with William uh, Jones, who's a friend of both of us. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got uh, there's there's people out there as in yourself um even if you even if you even if you're not like i think i've seen you draw various birds marcus and it's one of the things where you've just got that there's that flair to oh, it yeah everybody's got their own flair to certain things whether it's yeah, flat, yeah, yeah, yeah. birds skulls whatever they, they they'll and you pick up things from different places without even trying to pick it up you don't even yeah and that's the scary thing about social media or scary but not so scary i don't know there's like a fine line to, to walk there isn't there whether you want to be heavily influenced by what you're seeing or you don't because you can pick up that influence from everyday life in nature if you go on various hikes or just by visually looking at other people's work you know it's a scary thing to go down but I think, like you said there, I think I think for myself in my, the start of my uh, career as 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 a tattoo artist, it helped me a certain degree to see like, oh look, this is the bar. Like th- these are the people that are doing things that I think look incredible. How do I get there? Like what? And like yeah. you say, sometimes you've got to be like, how do I? How, what are they doing there? And you've got to di- dissect it. I think. Uh, learning from people or being inspired and influenced by people like Guy H and Aaron, K- Aaron Kane. Always, it always, um, it always, oh, I can't think of the word. It, 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 it guts me that Aaron's not actually working because I would love to see his progression and where he is now. Obviously you can see his machines, his machines are ridiculous, but I just, I just always think whenever I see mm. him put a machine up, think to myself, what would he have been putting up if it was a new tattoo he'd have done? Would he have kept with this really bold maybe, language? Maybe he's or... just really, I don't know, maybe he's just really smart and he just stopped at a time where he thought he is over it and he wouldn't yeah. want to keep tattooing and putting that stuff out there and have everybody watch him decline because he's not doing something that he loves any longer. You know, he's yeah. still, he's making his machines. They look amazing. They're still getting better. He's working really hard on that stuff. And I think, you know, once you have the feeling like, I I think I'm over it, I think I should stop, it's probably a good idea to do it because isn't it way more heartbreaking to see somebody that you that you really, you know what I mean? Yes, definitely. It's, it's heartbreaking that he's, not do, that he's not doing what he's so good at anymore. But, you know, I think it'd be worse if, 
he he would do it to a point where you can really see that he's not into it. He just has to, yeah. you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't really, I don't have any contact with Aaron. We don't talk um, to each other. We, we don't really have that, 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 uh, that bond. But um, so I don't know why and what, um, but uh, like, I imagine it's like, if I would stop tattooing, it would be for a very, very good reason. Yeah. And it, if I would stop tattooing and do something else, it would be because I don't think I can improve on that anymore. And I don't believe in, in, uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a static state. Okay. Right. So you yeah. either, you, either you get better or you get worse. Okay. Like either you, you, you always have to inhale or you have to exhale. You don't just stay at the static point where your work is just consistent and nothing happens. You yeah. either progress or you, Oh, you get worse. And if I have a feeling like my work is becoming to get worse, like either I have the energy and the the vigor to to go in and 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 work really really hard again, and and just sit my ass down and just work really like work my ass off and 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 go to all the people that have ripped me off and see if they brought anything to the table and rip it right back off, you know, and, and do all of that shit. Um, uh, um, because that's, that's what I'm totally going to do. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, there's, you know, come on. I mean, that's kind of how it has to go. Right. It's like yeah, for sure. A lot of, a lot of people, and, and I don't like the word ripping me off. Right. It's just all, all fun and games, but there's a lot of people who have been, um, um, taking their liberties with my work, you know, and getting inspired by it and tattooing it on other people. I've seen a lot of it and I know all of those people. Yeah. I know I have, I have a list. Yeah, and uh, I'm just watching to to wait and see whenever they start bringing something to the table that I really really like that I didn't think of, and then yeah. I'm just going to yoink. Yeah, well, it's like you say, Marcus, and it's so true that it's like a language. So, like uh, when people when people see, um, I think you put that you 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 talked about it being it's a vocabulary that you're using as a as a bio artist and you you bring all these things together because nine times out of ten the general public who don't know the the language of being a bio artist and they just see it they think it's incredible if it's really well done but they don't know what it is and you get asked quite a lot of times what it actually is um, yeah. so with that there's constant the the, the the it's the the art form has been constantly been pushed forward you know there's people i think you know like guy Aitchison and yourself are the people are the, the the two two people from for me everybody's got their own opinion and people might listen to this and be like yeah but you, you what about this person for me you know two people that have pushed it forward so there's always going to be people and you, i know you i know you know this and you're not saying anything else otherwise against it you know that people are going to see it and be like ah oh, and when they're sketching your shapes your process is just going to sneak out of their brain through their yeah. hand and onto the paper and yeah. it's i think it's it's very difficult i've talked about it to will it's very difficult to switch that off and try and switch on a part of your brain that is not um, that is not going to render something the way you will try and render it. You know, like um, yeah. it's it's very difficult. And that allude that that's a full circle on something I just said a second ago is to how much is too much of actually visually taking in somebody else's work before it becomes too inspiring and too overwhelming to your well, brain. You, 
Yeah, I don't just don't look at just one person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, I get it. It's like it happens to me, too. I unfollowed a lot of people who do stuff that I really like because yeah. it's just it's too influential if you if you look at it too much, you know, um, and I see it creeping in. I had that with Kaya, too. It's like when we were together, you know, her stuff is really prolific, too. She's so good at drawing. And that tattooing, you know, it's like I look at her stuff sometimes and it just creeps in because it's so like we are so close together already with the way that we draw and with our style. And it's just because like just our anatomy, just our hands look almost exactly the same. You know, the same same size hands. They look almost exactly the same. It's freaky. And we we draw the same because our anatomy is so close yeah. together and the way that we understand biomech and the way that we understand like all the, all the hobbies that we have around it that really inform what we draw and how we draw something uh, we we have very very much the same interest so i know that it's it's super super hard for her to to do something that doesn't look a lot like me and the same goes both ways and that made it amazing to actually collaborate with each other yeah but um I'd say, yeah, definitely don't look at just one person. Don't look at just two people. Look at as many different people as you know and just don't put anyone on a pedestal because then your your work will start looking like that. And I know how frustrating that is. You know, it's like you have your favorite band and you cannot match how music be better than this. Like, how can this, like, what's next? Like, how can that be? How can that be improved upon? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to improve on that? Certainly not. You know, and that's such a frustrating place to be yeah, at for sure. in your career. You know, and when people, I, I have a lot of people come to me and ask me, like, how do you get over that? How do you get over that point in your career where you just don't feel like you're bringing anything to the table um, and you're just, you know, where you want to be? but you don't know how to get there. And it's super, super frustrating. And I was like, there, there you go. It's like frustration. That's exactly, that's that's your ticket. You have to be super duper frustrated for a really long time. Maybe yeah. you have to break down. Maybe you have to just throw it all fucking away and just do something else for a while. And that's what did it to me. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I just stopped. I just stopped doing Biomech. I did something else. I was too frustrated with it. I did that's... something else. And then that something else informed like I learned a lot of stuff that I wasn't really into. I didn't really want to learn any of that stuff, you know, but yeah. I was like, it's, it's like right now with the fucking coronavirus, everybody's in lockdown. All of a sudden people will start learning how to cook and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. they didn't really were waiting to learn how to cook. That wasn't really on their fucking roster for their life. No, but no. It was like a lot of people come out of this and all of a sudden they know how to cook and they, they're really passionate about it. And it's going to improve their life a lot. Yeah, it's going to have an impact on everything else that they're doing from here on out, right? Yeah. And that's that's what an acquired taste is. Acquired tastes taste like shit in the beginning. <laughs> that's does. why they're so valuable. You know, once you yeah. acquired them, those are the most important tastes in your palate that you had because you had to work really hard for them. And for sure. um, that's what I always tell people: like, do something that you really don't want to do. Okay, yeah. Like, as long as you keep doing exactly what you want to be doing, you know, it's not only is it intellectually lazy, but you also cannot, you you also cannot expect to be doing something that you're going to be proud of because it wasn't hard. Exactly. And you also cannot expect to do something that is going to surprise yourself because 
why would that ever happen if you yeah. do the same shit all the time and never never switch it up with something unexpected things only happen if you do something that you really don't want to do exactly so, nothing nothing ever comes easy uh, yeah. never you know like it's if not you supposed think- to no, it's not supposed to. You uh, and and you've got to be uncomfortable. Like you, I, I think I, I wish I so wish that uh, I'm in my thirties, like thirty five, and I so wish that uh, I would have known in my early twenties that nothing comes easy and you have to be uncomfortable because I just craved homeostasis. I craved uh, eating loads of shit and uh, and not really pushing my my mind and my. Um, uh, what I would dis- what I would describe as, or what I had a, a, a talent wise, at yeah. all, I never really pushed it. You know, I never really, you know, and it's That's like okay oh, too, though. Yeah, I for sure, that, for sure. But that, but that has to happen. That has to happen. You have to have that time in your life where you're just coasting and you're just an asshole, and you're just yeah. like, and you just think, ah, it's all gonna come to me, and then you fucking find out that it doesn't. You know, and yeah. then all of a sudden you 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 get humbled by your own bullshit, and that's how you. <laughs> turn into a person who is not full of shit anymore. Like, how else would you do that? I think that's really important. That's like, true. the people that that never happens to, you know, the people who just kind of, like, magically get by because they're privileged or whatever, and it just doesn't happen to them, those are poor motherfuckers. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, is that really a privilege, having mm-hmm. an easy life? Is that really a privilege, or is that actually a handicap? I think it's a handicap. Yeah. Makes yeah, for a sure. really boring, unfulfilled life. And also as well, you know, it's fucking really hard nowadays to have an underprivileged life. Even now, we've got everything we want, man. You know, I know I've got food in my kitchen. I've got everything I need to to, to be to be happy and live, yeah. you know. Um, so sometimes I feel like you've got to try and make it hard, you know, uh, like do things that make you uncomfortable. Uh, try, you know, try different things. Can you do this? Oh, no, I don't know. You can. You've got to try it, you know. Like, and and yeah. that, that boils down to being an artist and... and uh, and, and trying to flex that muscle pretty much every single day or, or every time you feel like you've got something inside you to try and get it out. Like, you know, um, because if you don't and you don't flex that muscle, it doesn't get stronger and you're not going to, you're not going to be the person you want to be. 100%. I think a lot of us are doing this though. A lot of us are doing this all the time. A lot of us are not, whatever. I think right now, Corona crisis is showing a lot of people also that it's really important to take a break every now and then. Yeah, because that's the flip side of it too. You know, you can't just like burn, 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 and just it's just like have that constant growth happening. Because there's like I know so many people that are just like consistently, constantly working. You know, they they love it so much too. It's not I'm not even going to to say like it's it's hard. It's hard for them. It's 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 a lot of fun. This is an amazing job. You know, you go home, you draw. You wake up in the morning, you tattoo, you go home, you draw. That's all you do. You get wasted in between, you know, amazing life. But if you're never taking any break and you never actually, you're always this close to the painting, Yeah. you know, and you never actually take a couple of steps back and look at the big picture, you know, just to use metaphors because I like metaphors. But They're good, man. Yeah, I love metaphors. Yeah. 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 Um, if you never take a, a look at the big picture, you have no idea where you're going. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you have no idea. It's like, is this actually any good that yeah. I'm doing? You know, you, I know I love this tiny, tiny piece up there. And I love, like, as soon as I'm getting close to it, I love it. But is this actually some, an attractive thing that I'm doing that people will want to look at when they just walk past it? You know, is that actually going to raise some attention? And um, big picture is sometimes really, really important. And it's like running a marathon. Yeah. 
at some point you're going to break your legs if you keep doing it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I don't like marathons. I think that's really, really bad for you. I think a hundred percent, you know, it's really bad for you. But if you did, if you take a short sprint and then you take a break and you smell the roses and then take another short sprint and you take a break and smell the roses and take another short sprint. I think that's a really good way of life. That's how you build good muscle. That's, that's how you get stronger. That's maybe, maybe you don't get as far or maybe you don't get as far in a short time. But I think in the, like, in the end, you have gotten further doing that than trying to do it all in one big stretch for no good reason, yeah. other than maybe being afraid that you're going to lose your Kung Fu if you, if you stop for a second. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are afraid of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, um, like, but so what? And you lose your Kung Fu and then you're going to be sad and you're going to feel like a piece of shit and then you find it again. Or you find something else, you know, if you've been putting that much energy into something at some point, you're going to, that's the kind of person that you are. And then you're going to fucking put that much energy into something else. It's so important to not burn yourself out. I've done it twice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I myself, you know, like, um, I, I'd create so much inside my house or if it was at the studio at the studio, but in so much inside my house that I, I myself to take time away, I, I have to get myself out of my house. I go to the hills or I go up a mountain or I, I've got to spend time away from the house. Um, and I think I have to myself kind of learn to just do nothing because uh, being a dad as well, being a father. I was just going to say, plus you're a single dad. I don't yeah. even know how you fucking do all that shit. Yeah. Man. So I, it's like, it's, I, get, I get, I get like three hours maybe of like relative, um, just me time, you know, and sometimes there's too much pressure on that, you know? Uh, so it's, it, it, I just try to create as much as I can in whatever time I've got, even if it's starting something that I know that I'm like, okay, that those movements I've made on something are something I'm going to invest time into tonight or something, you know, yeah. I always yeah. think that's the best Yeah, way. you have, you have been, you have been actually blowing my mind like throughout the years, a couple of times, because I've, I know you, we know we've met each other a couple of times and for sure. And, and you've always been like the sweetest, nicest person and, oh, and, you. and, you, and you're funny and you're super talented. And then your work is like consistently getting better. Thank and you. I know that you're also a single dad and you have been for, for a while, you know, in that, in that situation and, and you're doing your music at the side, you know, and you're <laughs> running a shop and all that kind of stuff. And it just blows my fucking mind how, how you get all of that done. I don't have that kind of energy. Like I actually had to, had to like start working at home so I can only do like one or two clients a week, you know, so I can cut way back so I can actually get out of my head a little bit and get anything done. And yeah. I'm, I'm now, now I'm fucking living by myself, you know, and I'm still like, oof, ah, there's a lot of work, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and I, not because I'm lazy, because it's just I overwhelm myself. Well, you're not lazy. No, you're not lazy. I think the idea of that is is when you've got no choice. <laughs> mm. uh, and um, you, and it's not just having no choice. Probably that's the wrong word to say, maybe. Uh, but the idea of like, when it's it's something that you want to do, that you find a way and no matter what you'll find a way it, 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 it has to happen. You know, I, I know that I, um, from a very young age, I was always wanted to be, <laughs> wanted to do something, wanted to be somebody, wanted to have something, wanted to, so I was always striving for that. So no matter what, it stayed with me the whole way through, you know, if I, I will always try and carve a way through something 
And yeah. I will always beat myself up about it because I don't think I'm here and I don't think I'm there. But then I always think that you've got to look at other people and think, oh, well, I'm doing okay. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I sometimes think I've got too many fingers and too many pies, but I, it is what it is. I think you've got to um, follow what, what passions you have. And I have a definite passion for music. I've played bass for a long period of time. Uh, uh, obviously, my job is to, to be a tattoo artist, so I, wanna, I don't want to be shit at that. I want to be really good at it. Yeah. Uh, I think someone once said that you only do a finite number of tattoos in your life ever. So yeah. you better get on making them good. And I was just like, fuck yeah, actually you're yeah. right. Uh, you know? Yeah. And it's like, right. Yeah. yeah I, I need to yeah, leave. That's, that's my answer. Whenever somebody asks me, why is that shit so expensive? It's because like, I only have a limited number of those in me because every time I do one, my body gets more shit. Yeah. <laughs> your mind. Your, your yeah. mind too. Um, But, you know, it's like it breaks it breaks our body down. Tattooing It's bad for us. For it's sure. really bad for us. You know, and it's like every time I do a tattoo is you now I give you I give you a rib. It's like I make my body worse to make yours better. So that's got to be expensive, man. There's only so many I can do. For sure. For like sure. That, which is also a reason why I cut back so much, because I've I've overdone it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is hard. I think it's a hard balance to have, you know, what do you have any, do you ever have any, oh gosh, I don't know if you just answered this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, sure. but do you have like creative blocks, you know, and if you do have a creative block, you know, like uh, you, whenever you're like, ah, oh, it's just not coming out of my mind. Do you have any tricks to push through it? Like any Marcus tricks that you found? It's going to be really annoying. I, um, <laughs> okay. So nowadays I can't really remember what I used to do. What I used to do was just add the pressure just bring somebody in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a sounding board talk. I like talking. You're I good at talking. You, I told you I, that. I, I, I don't know if you can tell, but, um, I like talking to people. I like having a sounding board and can hear myself speak and can hear myself like, say something that I haven't said before. And as soon as that happens, then I have something to grab onto. But that's, it's very wishy-washy. Like what I do nowadays, I have, I have stuff I can coast on, you know? Okay. Like I have, I have a very, like, like you said earlier, I have language, right? Like yeah. Biomech, especially to me, is like language. Um, Adrian, Dominic, and I, we figured that out when we were writing our um, Biomech tattoo seminar called What's it, What Is It? What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called What Is It? Because that's the question that everybody asks every time <laughs> you show them a Biomech tattoo. It's like, what's that? <laughs> um, so and we were like, okay, let's break that down. How are we going to break down Biomech to somebody who has no idea what what to do with it or why to even pay attention to it. And we were like, okay, like probably the easiest way is to turn it into something that everybody understands, which is language. Yeah. And uh, so we broke it down that way and it turned out as uh, really cool. And it's been guiding me like ever since it's been guiding my own work ever since. So I developed a language, basically I developed my own vocabulary that I can use to write visual poetry on people. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so and, elegantly uh, put, Marcus. That's so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I kind of I like that too for a second. Um, uh, uh, yeah. But but that's kind of what you do. You know. It's like so you're writing visual poetry on people with the language 
that 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 you stamped out for yourself, which is your style. That's your handwriting. That's your own like unique uh, signature. Basically, uh-huh. everybody has that. You know, you just have to make sure it's pretty. People want to look at it. You know, um, but everybody has that, and nobody really makes that happen it just kind of happens as soon as you start wanting to make that happen shit happens that you don't like you know it's like whenever you start really thinking about it it's like you it's like you have these little automatisms like when you're when you're paying at a register and you put in your pin for your credit card you know and then you can't come up with it right away and then you really have to think about it's not going to come to you yeah like you stumble stumble over it if you're putting too much thought into it yeah. You know, but if you just let it happen, it just kind of pours out of you. Like language. Yeah. Language just pours out of me. If I would start really thinking about the sentence that I'm going to say next, I'm going to do this. Yes. Yes. You're gonna stumble. Right? Yeah, yeah. Brains are not made for that kind of shit. No. It's like and then you get really insecure and you get anxiety, and that's what anxiety is, basically, is overthinking, right? And all that kind of stuff. So, anyways. When you start overthinking the process, it stops being language and it turns into bullshit, basically. Okay. And that's and you can see that. It's like, what I'm doing is bullshit. And it's so hard to just go like, oh, I'm just going to stop thinking. Who can do that? Nobody can do uh, that. That's meditation. Yeah. Nobody can really do that. It's like, <laughs> it's so hard to come by, yeah. you know, to just like, especially if you want something really, really badly to, to say like, oh, I'm just going to let go and just going to come to me. That's yeah. so counterintuitive. Yeah. And what I always try to tell, like when I talk to it, uh, talk to my daughter about it, or when I talk to to students about it, or um, people who ask me, um, I always like to liken it to a door in your mind that opens outwards. And as long as you push against that door and you want in, you push and you push and you push, you're not getting in. And you have to stand back and wait for that door to crack. And maybe you get a foot in the door and then maybe uh, you get it. a look, you know? Yeah. So you have to stand back. It's a door. There's doors in your mind that open outwards and pushing against them is just not the way it works. And there's a lot of those. Yeah. There's a lot of those. So chill, you know, take a step back. Maybe something will happen. Take a break. Coronavirus. Thank you so much. Coronavirus. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much good coming out of this shit. You know, I don't even know where it starts, but um <laughs> But yeah, so I like the, your initial question was, what do I do to get over a lull or stepping out of a rut, like trying to kick myself out of a rut? And I can't really tell you that I have a certain technique. I'm just very comfortable in a rut. Okay. I don't yeah. mind it because I, I, have, I have my language and it's enough to write all the poetry that I want. I have enough language to write my poetry and to make myself understood in the way that I like to. So I'm pretty happy with that. And I don't really feel like I have to consistently get out of a rut because if I look at people um, like Aaron Kane, for example, who are very, very comfortable um, just using a very, like, I want to say simple recipe to do all of their pieces, basically, which is what makes his stuff so attractive because you Mm -hmm. could always tell that's Aaron. That's Aaron right there. You know, you could always tell because not that his tattoos were simple, but you could tell that they're elegant. 
And yeah. elegance is simplicity. If you look in nature, you know, it's like everything is based on a very simple mathematical code. And as soon as, you know, you add a lot of chaos to it, that thing just that becomes less attractive to look at. And his stuff was always so attractive to me because it is very readable and therefore elegant. So when I say simple, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. It's the opposite. It's, a, it's actually amazing. It's very hard to achieve that. But he was always very happy to just use his recipe and just keep m mutating it for every person. Like, uh, um, just twiddle the knobs on, 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 on that. And uh, I'm very happy doing that because if that was good enough for him, that's got to be good enough for me. Who am I to be fucking having to reinvent the wheel all the time? That's not a very <laughs> humble thing to, to, to do and to expect from yourself, right? It's, I think it's way more humble to just be content sometimes and be like, yeah, I'm in a rut right now, but it's a good rut. It leads yeah. me to good places. It's not a bad rut. You know, I can coast. And that brings me back to just fucking chill. Yeah. Be in your rut, chill for a while. You know, maybe you find a door that's open. And then when you're chill, you know, it, you don't slam it shut by trying to get in there. You know, yeah. maybe you actually notice it being like just a crack open. And then you notice it's like, hmm, I'm going to check out what's behind that door. Yeah. Maybe there's something delicious, you know? Yeah. Is there a, is there a time... Uh... <laughs> Fucking put me off then. Is there, <laughs> is there, is there a point uh, in a day which you work better? You know, I, I hear so many people talk about, uh, you know, I can only work till uh, in the, you know, late at night. I can, um, I can only work. Uh, I've heard people talk about uh, being more creative in the morning. I myself, I, I've heard so much about sleep that it's it's destroyed me and yeah. I can't be in bed by uh I can't be in bed I'm I have to be be in bed before 11 o'clock because I just value sleep top so much yeah, but it, it cut, yeah so, but it cuts down my whenever I hear people being like oh I didn't go to bed till two o'clock and you look at the stuff that you've done and they've done and you're like motherfucker like I I I, hmm. I want to be as prolific as that but uh yeah I'm, I'm but at what price at what price exactly when you hear somebody like Matthew Walker tell you that the less you sleep, the quicker you die, you know, I, I, I think it's one of those things, oh, yeah. you know, where you're like, okay, okay. Um, I need that's to a sleep. Character thing. It's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condescend to that. I think if that's how you want to be, there's a thousand reasons why you would want to be that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just don't sleep very well. Maybe sleep is not, a thing that you enjoy very much because you get night terrors or something like that. Or maybe you just have like anxiety all day and you just have to churn yourself to, to a point where you just have to sleep or whatever. I'm not judging when it comes to that kind of stuff at all, but I'm pretty well adjusted. Okay. I can, I can sleep. Yeah. And, and I think because I'm pretty well adjusted and I don't have had, I haven't had a lot of really terrible stuff happen to me in my life um, that give me a lot of anxiety uh, throughout my day. Um, I think I can start my days pretty relaxed and, but, but also my output and my, um, like my output is not as high because of that, because I am chill. I don't think like, ah, oh, shit, I have to do like a thousand pieces this year. No, yeah. like five good ones. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. You know? Um, I, that's enough, you know, for me. And I, I just don't, I just don't like to measure myself against people that are super different from me. I like to measure myself against people that are very, very similar to me. 
and even that I don't really do anymore. I like to measure myself against me months ago or me weeks ago and then see like, is there, is there an incline or is there a decline? And if I, as long as I'm still a better person and I mean across the board as a better person, because it's, I'm not just an artist. I'm also a person, right? So I don't, it's like, if there's no artistic, uh, uh, um, incline, if there's no artistic, uh, uh, advancement, uh, been this year, which I don't think there has to be quite honest with you. Um, this year, this last year, 2019, I don't think I have done anything that I couldn't have done in 2018. Okay. But, but as a person, I learned so much. There we go. I learned so much as a person, as a father, as a, as, as a partner, as um, just how I treat myself how to, you know, so many things just on the personal psychological level. I learned so much. I like, who am I to expect from myself to, to make such big strides psychologically and also make big strides as an artist? Wow. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, you're so much more than just an artist. Let's not forget that. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of building sites that you have to work on throughout your life. And if you're only being an artist for, I don't know, 12, 16 years, you know, what are you going to suck at? Are you good at relationships? You know, are you good as a father, as a parent? Are you good as a partner? Are you good at like whatever else you want to do? Is like, are you getting your workouts in? How is your body feeling every day? You know, it's like, is your diet any good? Um, do you do you take beautiful, smooth, non-wipe shits every day? It's like, well, how's <laughs> how how's your health? You know, it's like. Uh, um, How's your sex life? You know, it's like, how fucked up are you? There's so much to a person that is not about art at all. And it's so easy to, to forget that, that that's also something that you have to develop and you can't just do it all at the same time. So, you know, thanks Corona. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude, that was absolutely amazing. That's my soundbite. I've got it there. You just, you just gave it to me. I, 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 <laughs> uh, like, I, I, I completely agree with every single bit of it. And it's definitely not something that has been with me for years. It's only something that's come to me over the past few years. You have yeah. to take care of every other aspect of your life. You cannot expect to be a good yeah. uh because it's gonna catch up with you yeah exactly it's gonna catch up with you and it's gonna suck i don't hate when stuff catches up with me because then people will leave you that's normally how it catches up with you yes yes right? exactly exactly like, because because people are like oh yeah you're a super impressive artist but you're kind of a cunt <laughs> all, <laughs> you know all, all of the stuff you know like all that kind of if you if you're not ticking boxes yeah and you're, and you're not taking stock of yourself as a person as a human then at the end of the day you're going to sit back and you're going to hate yourself or you're going to dislike yourself. Hate's a strong word. And, and you're going to be left at a mm -hmm. position where you've got to actually really work on yourself. And I think when you do that and when you actually take stock of everything and you start ticking those boxes, making yeah. sure you get enough sleep, you're, you're, you're nourishing yourself properly, you're, you're exercising, you're getting your heart rate up, you're having good sex, you're, you're eating good food. It yeah. all fucking matters. It all matters because you're a human being and that's what we do. And we yeah. forget about that kind of thing. We forget. It's because, like little things too, you know, do yeah. I make eye contact when I, do I smile enough? Do I let people finish their sentences? Do I interrupt them? You know, it's just like these little things that, how do you not know that about yourself? Mm. Mm. 
right? There's so many people that have no idea and they just work on their art all the time and they forget that there's so much more to you as a person than, than that that has the potential to make you happy than, than just the stuff that you're actually doing, you know? It's cool for a while, but how hard is it to actually have to do that work once it actually became a problem? You know, with art, it's not a problem. I just draw more. I just sit down and I draw more yeah. or uh, I can just, you know, take a break from it. But it's something that you can do with your hands and you see an instant result. You have an instant feedback loop. You know what you're doing with your mind. Holy shit, man, that's really hard work. It's very, very squishy. Sometimes people need therapy. Fuck, if you if you let that shit go for too long, it's really, really hard to reel that back in because you don't even know what you don't even know what you're doing. So I've been, yeah, I've been doing a lot of hard work the last year to uh, to make myself into a person that I actually like and that, that is likable for, for other people, you know, that's actually a little bit chill, that doesn't judge, that doesn't interrupt people as much, that doesn't, like, is so eager to hear myself talk, um, which I'm still working on that. You know, I, I, there's so many things that, that I think are really important to touch up upon. Yeah. Um, Look, listen, you say, you say a few things there, Marcus, and I think yeah. you, to a certain degree, personally myself, I feel like you should sometimes cut yourself some slack. I, 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 I think... I've done that all my life, though. Yeah, I know, but for, for me, That's I feel like... Problem. I, I, to a certain degree, you think you have. I, I don't know. I think that you are, you have things to say, man. There's not many people that you can come across in everyday life that you can sit down and have a conversation with and you can take something away from them, uh, from that conversation, from that meeting, from that discussion. Um, you will have met people throughout your tattoo career that have walked into your home studio that will have had absolutely fuck all to say to you and you'll have taken nothing from them or you'll have had people that have just made you see things so much more clearly, so much more openly. Uh, they'll have get that you'll have been in a rut and they'll have told you something and you've been like, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. I, wow. I can't believe it. Even if you didn't admit it to them at that point, I think you, for as long as I've known you, even if I, I don't know, it's one of them things I'd like to say that even if I didn't speak to you, I could look at your work and know that you have a complex mind that would have something valuable to take away from. So like when it comes to you talking too much, I don't think you are. I just don't think people talk enough. That's what I think. I think um, the only thing, the only thing about oh, trust me. <laughs> the only thing about it is, is that I will if say you'd be my roommate, dude. You'd be so sick of me. Oh my god. Like one of the things that one of the things that I that I kind of fed up with with myself is that I do talk a lot, and I do talk a lot out of my ass. Uh, I do philosophize a lot. I like I like my brain. It's a good brain. Mm -hmm. um, I come up with a lot of cool stuff that kind of makes sense. And then I just blurt it out and I test it and I look for, for people to be my sounding, sounding boards and actually see if these things that I came up with actually work and, you know, use them for like, I do the science, but I don't really collect a lot of experience yeah. because I, I don't really go out a lot. I'm not really like very outgoing and uh, don't go to a lot of conventions, don't meet a lot of people other than the people that come to me. It's a very self-selective group. So it's, it's not really, I don't expose myself very much to chaos. Okay. Right. So a lot of the things 
that I say that sound like they make a lot of sense, they were grown in a vat. I understand. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, I try to, I try to change the things that I'm talking about. And I only want to talk about stuff that I actually have experience in. So humble, humbling myself a little bit more. Um, that's has, that has been really a journey throughout my life where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a piece of shit. You know, of course people bully you in school because you, you're fucking a know-it-all, you know, and that's, nobody likes that. And that is just something that I've been, I, I keep just turning that knob back, back, back. And, and now I came to a point where it's like, yeah, why, why would I talk about stuff that I, that I didn't really have that much experience with that I can think about and make sense of with my sense-making mechanism, which I think is a pretty good one. I think I, I have a pretty good sense-making me- mechanism, but I, uh, I hardly ever put it to the test. Like one of the things that that's a good example is, for example, drugs, right? I've never been taking a lot of drugs in my life. I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about drugs. I'm not that interested in them. Um, and I condescended to it for a really long time. I looked down on people that, that were taking a lot of drugs. Uh, and I was always like, what? I, I don't see why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that to your brain? Whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, and now with 40, I started to take a bunch of psychedelics. And um, and that has really like <clears throat> profoundly changed the way that I think about shit. Wow. You know, and uh, it's made a really huge impact in my life. And I... Uh, I, I, I feel like, man, I mean, I'm kind of like back and forth on, is it good that I started so late or should I have done that way, way earlier? I think maybe I should have done that like 10 years earlier. Is that what you or, feel like? I feel 10 years would have been good. Starting with psychedelics with 40 is makes it really safe because you kind of know exactly who you are. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's already where the dust has settled already. And you you already have a lot of things like out of the, out of the picture that could actually uh, distract from, from what's really important. And maybe you don't use it as a party drug anymore. Maybe you just use it like in a, in a better setting. um, As a tool. As a tool. tool, Yeah. Um, But if I would have done that with 30, I think I would have been at that same point, but then I maybe wouldn't have missed out on a lot of things that I missed out on because I was too judgmental. Okay. You know, and not open. Like, because one thing that these, these drugs definitely have helped me to become is somebody who is way less judgmental. Because they show you all the shit that you have no idea about. They show you that there's so much more out there, you know, it's like, especially about spirituality. I used to be a really, really um, gung-ho atheist. Okay, yeah. And now I just can't really say that atheism, like just pure skepticism, atheism, and just pure being all about science, which I've always been, I just don't think that that is the way to go through life necessarily because science is just a language but it's not a story necessarily it's language it's it's really good you know you find more and more 
vocabulary to, to, to tell a story with. And that's amazing. Science is amazing. I love it. But what am I telling? What am I talking about? And I think spirituality is, that's the, you know, that's the meat right there. That's the, that's the story. That's where the warmth is. That's where, you know, you can talk about maybe that people can actually do something within their own lives, you know, in their own personal lives. And if you can mix that, you know, then you're doing something really profound. And that, that is something that, that I have found for myself. And man, it's been really enriching my life and the way that I think about things. And I shut up a lot more, you know, yeah. Not right now. <laughs> I was waiting for you to shut up. No, I'm joking. No, uh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it, man. I, I, I love that because I was. It's one of those situations where I, I myself, a firm believer in science. You know, you, you, you start, you, you stack so much of your own like uh, personal opinions upon science, and then I gradually, as time goes on, I listen to so many different people. Like I myself, or you, you'll listen to different podcasts, audiobooks, etc. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that can come across as woo-woo, and you hear a lot of people talking about it. even if people who, whose opinion, uh, for some reason, you you, you stack them up, uh, on top of other uh, above other people's opinions. But spirituality was always one of the things that I had earlier on in my life. Um, yeah. I dated a girl, and and she was amazing and she oh that's always where it comes from isn't it yeah but she was so spiritual man she was so spiritual and i was like yeah i'm spiritual too you know Um, whatever whatever i have to be yeah and it worked no 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 and and i opened my mind it opened my mind to 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 be to 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 that part of it but then it then it closed when when we broke up um because that person just broke, you know, did something that wasn't so spiritual, you know, um, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're all humans and we all make mistakes. And I think that's a part of being spiritual. It's a part of being a human. And yeah. it's so easy to forget. You're literally this living organism that that's just walking around. It's so, so psychedelic when you really break it apart. So you, you can't mm. stack everything on science. It will, it will explain certain things to you, but like you just said then, man, you can go for a certain period of time and then something can, you can start taking a psychedelic, something given to you from the earth that can make you see things bigger than and, and more open than you could have ever have seen it before. It took so much frustration away from me because I was so frustrated with people. I used yeah. to be really, really frustrated. Like, don't you get it? If you don't do this and this, but you do that and that instead, your life will make a lot more sense and then you'll progress and this and then it does it make sense. Why are you not doing it? So like I was, was just so like autistic in a way. And um and then people just like I don't feel like it. I just don't I was like, what do you mean you don't feel like it? It just makes sense. Just stop fucking do it. And then just by doing that, it just opened a lot of doors. You know, I see psychedelics like a cheat code, you know, it's like, I've been, like, I like to talk about opening doors in your head, you know, and you just mm-hmm. find the room with the orgy in it or, or whatever, you know, and yeah. you, you just, you just open doors in your head and, you know, you learn something about life and you learn something about yourself and how to deal with a certain problem, how to make something happen or whatever. And some of those doors are open. They open outwards. Like I said, you can push against them. Some of those doors are always open. They're easy, easy access. I like chocolate. 
that's that's a really easy thing to find out. A hundred percent. Yes. You know, anything that has to do with entropy is super super easy <laughs> access. But but you know, if you if you if you um, there's a lot of doors that are locked, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of doors that's like very unintuitive stuff, like shit that's about feelings, shit that 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 is about problem solving, shit that is about yourself, actually watching yourself doing some stuff. You know, it's like, what do I suck at, man? Mushrooms will really let you know. Like yeah. mushrooms, they're like, I've been, and I've been, I've been doing work all my life. You know, I've been doing the work and like picking those locks all my life. I was always just like filing a thing and just like, eh, no, I want that door to open. Yeah. I want to see what's inside of it. Like, so I'm super self-involved. Yeah. I'm a super self-involved guy. So I, I constantly pick those locks all my life long and then I started taking psychedelics and all of a sudden, all these doors are opening. I was like, fuck, I just found a cheat code here. Somebody yeah. gave me like this whole fucking set of keys. Wow. That's scary because after some of those doors, there's monsters behind behind some of them. You have to deal with them, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's fucking spring cleaning time, man. So fuck it. Yeah, man. Like how do you, yeah. it's, it's amazing, man. I, I, how do you feel about, um, like, cause, I don't know. I don't know how, sometimes I feel like I can talk and I, I like talking to people. Obviously I present a podcast and stuff, but you know, like you, have, you teach people, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult. Uh, how did you? When, at what point? How do you feel? Firstly, when you are teaching people, because I, I went to one of your, I went to one of your first series of se- uh, seminars. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it was great. Yeah, six years in ago, Wales. five years ago in Wales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. I drove. This is how much I love you. No, no, oh. no. Uh, I drove down because of the relationship I was in. Uh, I, I had to drive. I couldn't stay overnight. I had to drive down. I watched you once we finished it and everything. I answered all the questions. I looked through the sketchbooks. I was like, right, I'm going to go say goodbye to William, say goodbye to you. And I drove back up, back up to the north of England. It took me like Fuck. six hours. I got back yeah, home. It was, it was mad. Yeah, I do remember that actually because just, it, it was really touching. Yeah, just because, and it hurt. It, it got me because I remember the pictures came out after of you guys in the in in the bar after like. You know, like, ah, it hey. sucks. Yeah, with beds and everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it is what it is, man. Like, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. What a great thing to live by. Uh, you know, like, I, I took so much from that. But but when I watched you do that, I thought you presented it really well um, from somebody who I probably can imagine had a slight anxiety about teaching people because, oh yeah, you know, you have to, in order to teach somebody, especially when you've got people that, like you saw when Bez came down and you've got people that are coming in and they're like, okay, show me what you do and how can I do that? You know, you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, um, you know, and for a long time, I didn't want to teach because I didn't think that I knew what I was fucking doing. So I, I was like, who am I to teach anybody? You know, it's like... I was just like, I'm just doing this to hear myself talk again. I'm just like, I wanted to get away from that back then already. It's like, it's like, I'm just, oh, fuck, I'm just such a fucking dick. Like, I'm just doing this to, to, I'm just doing this for status. I'm just doing this for status. I'm just doing this for money. I'm not really like, I'm not really good at what I'm doing. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Everything that I'm talking about, everybody already knows. It's just obvious. It makes perfect sense. Like it, it makes so much sense that how would not everybody know all this shit already? You know, it's like uh, Jeff Gogway, I think, convinced me that that is something that I fucking need to just pucker up and do. And he actually had the grace to let me do it at his studio 
Yeah. And um, together with him, so again, fucking no pressure. Yeah. Now I'm going to fucking keep with Gogwe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was. But, you know, did it. It was really good. It was fun. And then I did it in Wales and it was a lot of fun. And it's like I always have gotten a lot of love out of these things. I still, I love doing it. Yeah, for I sure. I still love doing, doing it. And I haven't done it for a while now. And. I really started to lament that lately because it's just something that I really like to do. And I could have jumped on that, that webinar bandwagon, you know, and just done it online. But I just like people, man. Yeah. I really do. I, I really like having people in the room with me and just get that energy and then yeah. just have, it, have that energy bouncing around in the room and look at the faces. And I, I think the last thing that I did was together with Kaya in, in Chicago, uh, the Reinventing Life um, thing that uh, Guy and Gabe put on uh, that was that was so nice and you know especially like teaching with Kaya together was just really really cool because you know then you, then you have somebody who's just she's got her shit together way yeah. more than I have my shit together <laughs> you know so it's just like I love working with women in general you know yeah for sure um, I, uh, because they, they do have their shit together so much more in general than, than most guys. They're just like, but most guys, like we just go like, ah, oh, just walking around. It's like, Ooh, this is yummy. I'm going to eat the thing. And then like, I'm going to paint a little bit here. And everybody, <laughs> oh, you like this? Oh, yeah, you like this? Oh, cool. And, you know, and just fucking do the fucking other thing, you know? And women have to work so much harder to get the same shit. You know, so they have to have their shit together. They just have to because we don't. Yeah, I think <laughs> and, it's true. Um, it's true behind every. Even if you're not with somebody, you can you get the statement of uh, behind every every yeah. good man is a better is a better woman. You know, it's true. There's all, they always seem to have that. Like you said, they seem to just have their shit together more. Yeah. They seem to be, you know, the house. Uh, you could tell a woman the house has got a woman's touch when a woman lives in the house. You know, like I know the house that I live in. You know, if I if I ever get into a relationship again and somebody live with me, it would look so different to the way it looks right now. You know, I mean, this is not going to be up behind me. I'm not going to be able to have a skull with. <laughs> no, just, you know, but no. Nah, you just have to find a cool lady, dude. True, just, that's a good point. That's a good point. You just have to find a cool lady that likes the same shit that you like, dude. That's a good. And, point. and that's and that's definitely out there. I don't think I don't think um, we should see women as somebody who is trying to impose themselves on us. A lot of them are obviously mm -hmm. but that's up to you you know it's up to you to just find somebody or to just keep looking for somebody who just likes you for who you are and everybody yeah. can use a little bit of adjustment man but you do so much man you're single dad it's like i don't i don't understand what woman would have the nerve to just go in there it's like oh no 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 no. we're gonna do this much different now it's like fucking get the fuck out of my house <laughs> yeah like that's i'm not gonna point. fucking entertain that for a minute that's true you know no 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 it's, it's about respect, you know. It's like if 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 there's if there's somebody who who wants my respect, they have to put out respect too. And if there's not mutual respect, it's fucking doomed from the start. Fuck that. I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. do that. No, but, you know, teaching teaching with Kaya was really good, you know, because we have a very similar energy. She is she's very um like the way that she talks is very prolific, you know. So like people listen when she speaks, she knows how to how to grab attention in a room and how to, you know, and all of that. So that's, that's been really, really nice to see, you know, and there's not a lot of women who can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, she's got she's got a presence, and I think so do I. And together we like we, we wanted to teach a lot more. You know, we had this whole other thing planned in Montana before, sure. before the virus hit, and then the virus hit, and then that was off the table. And now we don't know when we can actually do that, or if we can still do that at sure. all. You know, we don't know because um, yeah, our relationship status is also a little bit unsolved still. Yeah. You know, yeah, because because we are so far apart, and yeah. there's a virus keeping us where we are, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So there's just a lot of things that, that come in between me and teaching the way that I really want to teach. Because after teaching with her, I don't, I feel like, man, fuck, I just, like, sure, I can do that alone. Sure, I can do that by myself, but I would miss that extra, yeah. that extra factor yeah, that because... just makes, makes me so much better that basically fills in everything that I don't have, you know? You've broken your teaching self, basically. What you've done is you used to teach on your own, yeah. and now you've taught with somebody who's got their shit together. You're like, oh, I can't do it on my own now. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to do it on my own anymore. You don't want yeah? to do it on your own. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, we had this really, like, we had this really cool idea. Like, we came up with a lot of cool shit together, and, like, um, we wanted to do... Can I talk about this for a second? Of course because you can, I, I, Because I, I think that was a really cool idea that we had. Go and for I'm it, really, I really hope that it's, that is still going to happen. So what we wanted to do was um, we wanted to uh, do a whole teaching weekend, basically. And, like, on the first day, maybe get everybody together and just do a meet and greet and just get to know everybody on eye level, you know, it's like get, get to know all the names, you know, it's like see where everybody's coming from, have a beer together, you know, maybe take some mushrooms together or whatever, yeah. you know, go on a nature walk, like day first day, uh, um, go on a nature walk and, um, just go like reference hunting and like maybe talk a little bit about how we're doing it and like how, how we go reference hunting and what inspires us in nature and how to find like the perfect little thing, you know, and best artist to steal from is nature, right? Yeah, it's like for sure. not going to come after you. Um, <laughs> so that's something that we wanted to do. And then we wanted to use our, our, our knowledge of biomech to actually teach harmony and and contrast and uh, and composition flow and all of that kind of stuff from a biomech perspective but in a way that is really adaptable for all tattoo styles right okay right yeah. because both of us feel like what has made our work very stable and very um very stable as i think is, the, is a good word is our knowledge of how to make a good tattoo using enough black line work, uh, whatever you need, you know, building edges. And, you know, that comes from um, uh, traditional tattooing, basically, the whole traditional tattooing uh, uh, foundation. And then Biomech is almost like the polar opposite of that, like almost the alpha to the omega there, you know. It's like it's almost like the other end of the spectrum. And why the hell, as a tattoo artist, wouldn't you want to learn about both those opposing forces, you know, because like if both of those are like a magnet and you are if you only know one of those you're stuck to that to that side of the thing but if you add that whole different thing then you can float around wherever you want in tattooing between those two opposing forces between those two like bodies of knowledge that 100%. are very yeah, yeah. So, and, and and then you kind of kind of, then you kind of can flow freely 
and and you have so much more that you can do then you can so much more there's so much more exploring that you can do yeah you can you're have not, an image stuck to one dogma yeah you can have an, an image and be able to render with attributes from both sides you know yeah. have soft edges from here hard edges because that you know work with traditional tattooing enough yeah. black that it holds enough this enough you know using a, a three-liner because you barely want to make any you know all that kind of stuff yeah i love that yeah yeah, yeah exactly so and i was like yeah this is like the t- traditional way to tattoo is so dogmatic in in, in in many ways not to not to shit all over it but you know, there's people like, this is how it's done. And then they expect you to just do it and never question it. There's a yeah. lot of that going on. Whereas in Biomag, it's like, oh, maybe you could try this or that. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's just so different. And I, I think it's just really cool to, like, in your career to experience both sides. And the same as the other way around. It's like, I know a lot of people who came up in Biomag and they never tasted their t- traditional side and they're kind of like appalled by it because of the whole like no that's how it's done and they're like no man that's not what i got into tattooing for it's not rules it's me um but you know i forced myself through that and it made me a better tattooer so there you go you know it's just it's it's all valuable yeah once you have it all you can cherry pick it yeah if you don't have it you can't cherry pick it you're stuck to one thing yeah, and that makes you. It makes you insecure. I can tell you that you're gonna be insecure. You're gonna be insecure if you're on one side of that. If you're only on one side of that, you're going to be insecure. There's almost no way around that. If you have both, you're gonna be very insecure, super duper insecure. <laughs> but at least, at least you have a path that you can follow that'll feel like your own. And if you follow a path that at some point in time feels like i've picked that path there's nothing in the world that can make you more self-secure than looking back at where you're gone and like oh yeah those are all my own decisions so that's really something that we want to give to the community with with something like that something that is that we made available in the so we are, man, we were so fucking unstoked about this virus. That, uh, dude, honestly, that sounds absolutely incredible before we move forward. That bit there, yeah, that retreat sounds incredible. Like, I think you could come there. Montana, too. It's like, it's so amazing there. It's I so know, cool. I know. You know, we can go like, and then people, they can come out for a week. They can go fly fishing or hunting or whatever yeah. they want to do, or they just go for photography. They do photography or go camping or whatever they want to do. You know, it's so yeah. fucking amazing there. There's nothing else there. You can really step out of your city environment and just go there and just like spend a couple of days with going like, oh. Yeah, man. Like yeah. You, you, you can, you can, you can, tell people as much as possible in webinars and seminars, et cetera, yeah. about how you go about doing something, but to take somebody away for a weekend and be like, look, I'll come and show you how I do it. And then you can try and see from what I do and my mindset and the way I am in nature and the way that's I do, right. you know, that's, that's just, the, just the practical way of teaching it. I, I can like, um, like you were saying, make it, make it something that's relaxing and enjoyable, you know, like there's a, with jujitsu, you know, they, they, they were doing a I was going to go to a jiu-jitsu summer camp this year and it was just uh four days you go away and you're training you're eating good food you're you're, you're swimming in the sea you're training again it's nighttime training you're just learning technique and and it's just all over four days and it was like oh this doesn't sound like anything much better than that I, I can't wait to do that and then this virus hits and uh I think you know uh yeah 
we will all get to do that again. And we're talking about this now and people are listening to this podcast and hopefully we'll all be able to get together. Now, hopefully we will all be able to get together. Oh, yeah. But you know you what? Know. This is so, it's so crazy to us that this happened to us, you know, but how crazy is it to actually be mad about a higher power <laughs> having an influence on your life and we're all really like meh <laughs> you know? very true like, yeah holy shit that has been the reality for people always yeah like yeah. weather weather was like for most of humanity weather was something where people were like oh shucks now all my family is dead hmm, should i start over or you know yeah. like like oh here go all my crops or like uh, uh, oh there's my house floating down the river or whatever you know yeah. there's so much shit that can happen yeah man that does still happen but something like like a virus like that most of us most of us are so jaded and so coddled 100 percent. it's a very modern, you know, it's uh, like, modern... Oh, i'm gonna fly to australia and like fly around the world three times this month and i'm gonna go here and go there and see the things and do nothing there you know it's like i'm just gonna fly there and sit in my hotel me yeah and i'm yeah. just like like how comfortable have we gotten exactly that we have a nerve to complain right now for something that you know it's compared to all the other crises that have been there before we were alive man that's fucking easy and honestly. not only not only that to to complain um to complain about the government or each government being like listen stay home we don't want you to do anything. In fact, we're going to give you a bit of money so you don't feel too bad about staying home. And we're still like, what? No, fucking no, 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 no. Yeah, people you know? have the knee-jerk reflex, like, I'm, nobody tells me what to do. And you see that, especially in tattooing, you see it a lot, right? Like, oh, yes. nobody tells me what to do. Even if it's the right thing to do? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, no. And I mean, I get it. I have a intense problem with authority like i don't like what i don't like what yesterday marcus is telling today marcus what to do <laughs> like today we're going to do a workout and then after the workout we're going to take an ice cold shower and then yeah. that that was yesterday marcus telling that to me today and i'm like <clears throat> go fuck yourself yeah, man. fuck that guy yeah, yeah, i'm not exactly. doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. right nah <laughs> You know, so I, I have like, and that's where, that's why I have my clients here when I draw, because I have such a problem with like even my own authority over myself that I totally get it. I totally get it. I don't like authority either. Like with my, with my ex-wife, holy shit. Like every time I was like, let's do the dishes. And then I go into the kitchen. I want to clean up the kitchen and everything. And then I hear like, can you clean up the kitchen? I was like, nope. <laughs> I can't do it anymore now. Like I wanted to, but still now that you said it, it's not like it's not like because then you can't prove that you would have done it yeah. anymore. So that you know. Yeah, man. So, it so true it's is just, that. It's stupid. It's fucking super duper stupid. That kitchen needs to be cleaned up. And if you do it, then that's a good thing that you did it. And yeah. uh, just because your wife tells you or asks you to do it to just like pull your hands off it and go like, no, go fuck yourself. You know, that's just not a good way to be. It's so true. It's so you know? true. And I don't like listening to the government either. But man, I just got to be a grown up too and actually make a difference between like, are they telling me something that makes sense? That's actually a decent thing to do. Yeah. Like for my, for other people, or are they telling me something like, do I really always have to look for the, the catch? 
like oh they're just telling me because they want something from me and they're not getting anything out getting yeah i feel like a lot of people do feel like that at times and uh, it's a it's a a pushback it's a pull push and pull isn't it of of like yeah and i totally get it i totally get it but i think at some point you also have to ask yourself how childish is it if i really just listen to every knee-jerk reflex that i that i have to everything right and if i don't take a second and think about something and actually humble myself a little bit and uh you know yeah, well, Marcus, it's 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 you got to it's Masraki's hierarchy of needs. You've literally just got to. What do you need to survive? Well, have you got that? You you've got that. What you know? And there's levels to this shit. Even if you mm. have to pull back a few levels just for like a, a, a period of your life, it means nothing. It's still a it's still a meaningful period of your life. It's just oh, so yeah. it's just so easy, isn't it? That a modern... even if I would be on lockdown for another three years, not earning any money and like being like run down, it's still like the amount of luxury that I would have in my life, I still cannot explain to an African child. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, fuck, we all grow in crises. Uh, Maybe that's exactly what we need. There's always separate sides. I have a friend who's a paramedic and he showed me a story the other day about um, a human. Oh God, uh, bring this down. But there's a, a human that was, you know, a little girl that was born and uh, into a family that didn't care about it that much that they chained her up and left her in a bathroom and barely fed her. And she was just found emaciated and just tortured. And, you know, like you were born to exist for a period of time in a little beautiful gift that you've been given from whatever it is. And some humans are spent in such horrific circumstances that you feel so selfish when you complain yeah. about your there's a catch to that though too, not working where, you know? yeah Sorry. exactly but there's a catch to that too where i feel like i also don't want to slip into this kind of like oh yeah i'm a white guy and i have all this <laughs> privilege and now i have to live with all this survivor's guilt of like me just you know no like that, you shouldn't do that because that's kind of um incapacitating too and yeah. it makes you into like a little bitch that nobody finds attractive or wants True. to listen to. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to be that person. But what you can do, I think, if you have all that privilege, you can give some of it away. You, yeah. can, you can maybe like use it to, be, to get really good at something and maybe just get a little bit of buffer uh, and then use that buffer to maybe, you know, help other people to crawl to land. Um, and I, I think that's, uh, uh, I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. And you don't always have to do that. You know, nobody has to do fucking anything. Yeah. You know, it's like people can just live their, live their lives. You know, it's like I don't, I don't really like I said, I don't really judge anybody. But for me myself personally, like the the reason why I like teaching and the reason why I like having people here in my house is because I can take care of them. Yeah. Because I have a certain privilege in my life that's been handed down to me and I can use it to make their experience so much fucking better and make their tattoo into something that when they look at it, they remember a really good time, something that changed their life. Maybe something like meeting somebody that made an impact on them or at least somebody who was really nice to them. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's not a hard thing to do if you have the privilege and, you know, talking about privilege, obviously us talking about how great this coronavirus is, comes from privilege too you know let's not let's not forget that there's a lot of people who are also white and also male that really suffer yeah exactly that really suffer right now that have been like because once you're here and then you've been then you have to go to here 
that's a lot of pain. 100%. And only because there's a lot of people who always have been living here, you know, like losing all of that is really, really hard. Yeah. And um and I feel bad for everybody who's who's had to had to endure that. And I don't want to take away from it by saying like, oh yeah, just like take take all this and take it as a lesson. It's like you can become a better person because of it. Yeah, for sure. But right now it fucking sucks. And I really hope people get get out of it. And I really hope people actually can make ends meet at some point soon because this shit really sucks for a lot of people. Like I think about especially my American friends a lot, man. Like yes. people from the US because their government is not and I don't want to bring this into political things. I don't, but they they've not been dealt a good set of cards for a long time, you know? No, and, uh, no. It's uh it's tough over there right now and I'm I'm really worried. But um yeah, hopefully Hopefully, maybe that's maybe that's just the inoculation that that country needed to. I don't know. Maybe touchy so. Sub, touchy subject. Maybe so. <laughs> touchy that's subject, so. you know. But you gotta get sick to make your immune system stronger. That's all I'm gonna say. A hundred, dude. We we spoke about this. A hundred percent. Anybody that's listening that doesn't doesn't even understand that, like they need to they need to do some research. Yeah. The longer we stay indoors, the longer we stay away from other people, the worse this is gonna get. The more sick people are going to get. This is just something that will that will come and pass, or that we'll have to live with. We need to get back out there, uh, but just be cautious. That's all it is. Like it's really simple. It, 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 uh, for me, it's, it's it's super simple. We have to be cautious. We have to be alert, but we have to carry. We have to try and carry on. We have to because this this isn't going away. What are you going to do? Yeah, things aren't going to go away, man. Things aren't going to go away. Like um, you just have to look after yourself. You know, make sure you you, you yeah. You, Look after your body. This full circle well, like when, to what you whenever, said before. Whenever you're done with grieving, whenever you're done with being outraged, whenever you're done with being shocked, then it's time to either go ahead and kill yourself or, you know, try to make it work somehow. Yeah. It's hard. I know. Yeah. It's, I've, I've had a lot of anxiety when all this shit started. But maybe we shouldn't even like talk about anything Corona anymore. I think everybody's no. doing that already. <laughs> uh, one of the, we'll just start bringing it to a close. We've been going for some good time, man. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you was, and I think you kind of alluded to it. I feel like uh, myself, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to put too much on the onus of you, like having a bit more of a creative spurt in the next few years. But what do you uh, want or what do you see yourself doing in the next few years creatively? I know you're working with a lot more black at the moment, uh, mm -hmm. which is super restrictive and really cool to see. I know it's 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 really because as and I'll finish this because as a tattoo artist, I I do have a lot of people that come at me wanting that that oh can you black this out? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm working yeah. on a few projects where you're like you know letting black age in the skin and uh, and rehitting black with with a new black so it adds a different yeah. shade of black and then working two layers three layers of white etc is that something that you want to push yourself and not only that other things as well like your other you're expanding your bio language have you seen other things are you are you open to being more creative in the future mm -hmm. yeah i think like one of the things that i've said in the beginning right was um that acquiring new skills is or acquiring new tastes is, is is a smart thing to do when you feel like you're stuck 
Um, and that always means to do something that you don't necessarily like to do or doing something that you don't necessarily find very intuitive to do. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, doing like, and for me, black is something that I love working with. So it, it doesn't even really fall into that spectrum as much, but at this point I feel like if I want to do larger scale work, if I want to do body suits, I don't want to do them in color because yeah, I don't yeah. like the aesthetic of that. Okay. I don't like full color body suits. I just don't like looking at them. It's too, it's too heavy. It's too much going on. It's too, I don't know. It's just not a body suit is something that's like, that's a whole piece of, that's a whole body. It should be really serious. And I find the aesthetic of just black. I find that there's something grown up about it. There's something serious about it. There's something timeless about it for that for all those reasons and I, I i i guess i would like to take my work down that alley a little bit more yeah as a lot of people do right now it's very popular which helps of course too you know to stay um to stay relevant mm -hmm. because i have been doing this for 16 years now um and not that i'm afraid or anything uh, becoming irrelevant that's not the point but i think that uh um yeah, I, it's definitely something that I would like to do. Do less color, do more black, um, do bigger scale projects. Um, that would be really nice. Um, and I, I do want to get back into teaching, like what we what we talked about. I, I want to get back into teaching. I want to do a lot more teaching. Um, if I have to do it by myself, I'm going to do it by myself. But I want to I want to bring something to the community that that makes me feel like I've really um, contributed something significant that, that people can do something with. Um, because Guy has given that to me. That's how I was brought up into it. Mm -hmm. And I do, I do feel like he's kind of like my tattoo dad in a, in a way. And, you know, when you grow up to be a man, you do what your father did. For sure. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I, I, I kind of feel indebted to give back to the community and I want to do it in a way that makes sense. I don't want to do something that has already been done. I don't want to do something that is kind of just a, like a money grab or something like that. I want to do something that is really meaningful. Yeah. And, um, and that's a tall order. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm thinking of. I, I, I really like doing these critiques these uh drunk critiques on um, drunkcritique.com um that has been really fun i think projects like that are where you actually make something fun that is also really helpful you know um or like the the virtual tattoo gathering um too you know all these things i think have a lot of potential and um I really can't wait to see where that goes and hopefully I'll have the time and energy to put towards it when uh, I have to. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, you know, definitely I don't need to, it's like I'm trying to tattoo less and less and do other stuff more and more. For sure. Right. Because of my health, my physical mm -hmm. health, mm -hmm. because tattooing is just really bad for you. And I don't know, I like people. If I can get more people into a room and actually talk to a lot more people than just one person, like very intimately, yeah, that's that's fun. I don't want to stop tattooing, obviously. That's something no. that I want to keep doing. But um, 
yeah teaching man teaching yeah. is really something that i enjoy a lot like yeah. i like it i like it when i speak yeah <laughs> do, do you know what right i i would say you know for my for uh, as um obviously as a friend but as a fan of, of of the things that you create um i would love to 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 see you do pod your own podcast or uh create yeah, that was definitely on the, yeah that was definitely on the table yeah yeah it's definitely you're definitely someone who i would uh love to uh spend time listening to even if you're talking to other people obviously in the future we spend time together again do this in an actual room together um i think it's one of those things where you you can easily beat yourself up about you know like i talk too much or i do this but marcus you have a ton of stuff to give to people you know you do because you can t you want to teach and you're good at you're a good teacher i think it would be good to not even just crunk, drunk uh drunk critique people i think it would be good to offer critique and critique is for me one of the best things in the whole world as anything if you're a joiner a decorator uh, or a tattoo yeah. artist you know if someone's saying to you listen man from an outsider's point of view what the fuck are you doing there like it's too busy you, we, and you're like mm -hmm. i thought it was but i can't tell my brain to not be too busy there well you need to not be too busy there and then when that sometimes person... it's just good to know that everybody can tell yeah. like like sometimes it's like ah nobody knows i get away with this and then everybody <laughs> tells you mm, that that right there dude it's not good no yeah yeah you know and yeah. and 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 then it's like oh everybody can tell yeah 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 everybody can tell <laughs> and then you're just like ah oh, fuck i've been doing this for weeks yeah you know um it's yeah. good to it's good to know it's good to know to get that feedback because yeah you're, you're too close you know you're too close to your own shit exactly full circle again for what you were talking about before yeah. you, you got to see the, the whole canvas in yeah, order yeah. to know compositionally where you're moving forward and if you're yeah, moving critique forward critique is super important yeah i wanted to uh, that's that's also something that i wanted to do i'm just i'm alone here in this house all the time i find it really hard to motivate myself to do anything yes. like honestly i find it really hard to motivate myself to do anything by myself just picking up a camera picking up my phone doing a live stream building a website just like i would love you know if i if this would be and this is the downside of working at home obviously trying to motivate yourself because we have to talk about that too what are the downsides of this right so yeah self-motivation is definitely a bitch and um you know i'd love if there would be somebody who would work with me here, you know, or just somebody in the house would sometimes just kick my butt a little bit. He's like, Hey, you want to do that thing? Let me film you doing like here, let me take the camera and just like you run about and just talk about your shit. Like, why is it a good idea to be in a home studio? And I film you, you know, like shit yeah. like that. Yeah. I'd like to, I like to do that, but I'm just like, eh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> like, especially right now with this fucking crisis, I've been just working out. I've been taking care of my body more. You know, I've been taking care of my, like what I talked about earlier. It's like right now is not the time for art. That's good. Like, it's good. You know, yeah. I just do other shit right now. And then, and then like it happened so many times that I had a good idea. And then paperclip principle, somebody else had the same idea, you know, and yeah. then, and then they, and they have all that energy and then they run with it. And it's like, ah, okay. Uh, good for yeah, you, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Happened to me so many times, and then I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll let that go. And then hopefully I'll be smart enough later to come up with something else, you know, and then maybe that will be the right right time and the right place. And if not, pff, 
fuck it, then I'll just tattoo for a little bit longer and not do anything else. Shit doesn't. That's not really. Yeah, yeah. I know. I understand. Rush. You, and as well, it just works itself out either way, doesn't it? You can. It's, it, there's a way of overthinking things. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I definitely would. Uh, I, I like what you were saying, though. Larger scale black work, or larger scale black and gray work. You know, obviously, um, and and just definitely keep. I would definitely still like to see you using your color scheme, uh, obviously on smaller work or, you know, uh, I think you work really well on small surfaces as well, which is one of the things that you, you sometimes you don't get the chance to, but on feet no. and hands uh, and stuff like that. And, and I know Thank they're you, a fucking, man. you know, they're a bitch to tattoo, but I'd love to see you yeah, tattoo. Yeah, I stayed away from them for a long time because yeah. I couldn't figure out how to make that look good. And that, I don't know, at some point it just kind of clicked and uh, I just, started treating them differently and that's when i actually started to it's like okay so we can do these now and then yeah. i started to do a lot of hands and um i really like doing hands now yeah and being honest with the healing process and the idea of, uh, of yeah. having to i'm gonna hit this twice and you know what shit man i might have to hit this three times I don't know. It depends on the human. It depends yeah. on their skin. It depends on how it lives. People, I always say this to people and it's ridiculous because people should know by now if they don't, although there are some humans that won't, you know, like it's always better to, you can't just have one shot at painting a canvas and be like, okay, I'm going to go to bed, wake up in the morning, come back to that canvas and be like, shit, yeah, it's good. It's done. No, no, no. I'm going to have another go. It's always going to get better with another go it's always yeah. gonna you know and then it gets to the point and then you always get to the point though where you've got to walk away from something because you can overdo it so there's a fucking fine line oh yeah and that's that's kind of like daily form kind of shit right like oh i'm gonna yeah. walk away from this this is just fine or i'm not even gonna finish this because this is not going anywhere it's like oh yeah sunken cost i put so much time in this though so i kind of gotta do something that just it's always gonna be a piece of shit you yeah. know it's, you need to know when to walk away from something and you need to know when to call something finished and then you need to know when to keep working on something and that's just the better you know yourself the more of those doors you have opened yeah. i guess the, the better you'll get to that yeah to that point dude it's been to awesome do. to talk to you man honestly I, I, we need to do it again i said i said this but the next time we do this i do In know person. What, yeah and you know what would be the perfect if yes. I ever i come and get tattooed of you we do one uh, after a session or if me and you are sat outside Will's house, I just picture it. Oh, that, that's a good one too. It's got such a beautiful place. Oh my goodness! We, do, we should do one where we talk to get, where we talk to each other. As you walk into this door, and we sit down on that table, I'll have everything prepared, and we talk before, yes. and then we talk again after the tattoo. Yeah, and I'm sat there shaking. Uh, and, no, no. Then, <laughs> and, then, and then you can really see like the, the progression. Yes. Your, your, your sunken face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that would be probably fun. But yeah, yeah Will, Will's place would be amazing too. I always just imagine doing a podcast there. I just fucking, mm. what? Good place for it. Yeah, unbelievable. Perfect backdrop. Yeah, perfect backdrop. Yeah. Mate, you're a legend. And honestly, thank you, I, I've been so, a fan. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. You're, I've been a fan it's for so a super good. long time, man. You're a good man. Thank you. That's right, nice man. to hear. I hope uh, if anybody wants to check him out, we'll put all the details on on the uh, on the Instagram post that I put out or the Facebook post, and you'll be able to check out his work if you've not already, which I'm sure you will have if you get dragged to this. Uh, but if you've not and you're just a w the weekend hand listener, you're gonna get your mind blown. But anyway.
Take it easy, man. Uh, I bet you so hate much, that. man. I hated that. That was awful. <laughs> Thank you. <though. laughs> see you in a bit, man. Yeah, see you in a bit. Bye. Bye-bye.